Um, and to my right is the chair of, uh, of the ad hoc committee that has organized uh, this hearing, the Immigrant Reform uh, Ad Hoc Committee, uh, Agnes McCarthy, Commissioner Agnes McCarthy, sorry. Uh, with us today are several of our commissioners, some who will need to leave early, so it's not because the hearing is not important, but because we just have won so many things that we're all doing that uh, we need to, uh, some, some of our commissioners will need to leave. Uh, to my right, is um, uh, Commissioner Diana Lau and Commissioner Deborah Escobedo. To my left, uh, Commissioner Salomon Jones, uh, Commissioner uh, Vera Hale, and Samira McCoy. Welcome. And welcome, everyone. I have a few things that I need to say before we begin uh, the hearing. And I'd like to uh, ask that anyone who wishes to speak must get a card from a member of our staff uh, in order for me to call on your name. Um, if this is, this, is not, this is not an easy assembly because we come from different points of view. And um, I want to ask that regardless of how you feel about a person's perspective and point of view, that you do not make any any derogatory noises of any kind, and you're respectful to speakers for speaking uh, their point of view. Uh, turn off your phones. We don't want phones in the audience. We don't like them. Um, if you are a person who wishes to speak and do not, we, we're being televised, but if you do not want your face to be shown on camera, please let us know ahead of time and your face will be blocked. Um, we will be limiting everyone to two minutes for their remarks. If you need to, a translator, it may be uh, extended an extra minute, uh, depending on, obviously, on, on what you have to say. The, um, the purpose of this meeting, the primary purpose of this meeting is to gather uh, recommendations from San Franciscans about the present bill before Congress. We want your input. We want you to tell us what you agree with, what you disagree with. We want you to tell us what you would be willing to negotiate on because this is about drafting something that will work for the majority of people who need this bill. So. I know that many folks may, may say we completely disagree with the entire bill, and that's fine. But the reality is there are people on our behalf, advocates of every community who are in Washington right now, trying to find a middle ground that will work for most immigrants in this country. And I hope that one of the things we can do is support their efforts. So whatever you tell us, Please give us something that we can pass on as something that will um, work in the long run. There are, translate, there are interpreters here that can interpret in Spanish, Chinese, that is uh, both Cantonese and Mandarin, and Tagalog. So if you need an interpreter when you come up to the podium, please let us know and we will uh, make that available to you. 
Lastly, uh, I want to tell you that there are some vacancies on the Immigrant Rights Commission presently and that you should approach both the mayor and the board of supervisors uh, if you are interested in filling one of these vacancies. So I'm going to move on. Uh, I will ask um, the chair of the uh, ARHA committee to um, tell us anything else that you want to say, uh, Angus. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you all for coming here this evening. I think it's uh, particularly symbolic that we're, we should have this hearing here this evening because if I got my information right, I believe at 7.30 or 5.30 or something, there's both the senator voting up or down on this bill that's uh, back in Washington. And I think it's appropriate that we're here this evening and encouraging the people who probably are most affected by all this comprehensive immigration reform, and that is the people who... I think it's a real good, good uh, way to start off our debate, our, our discussion here this evening on comprehensive immigration reform. Thank you. Okay, I will begin by um, asking, uh, we have uh, Supervisor Ellsberg who is here with us and is here to uh, make a presentation. Thank you, um, Madam Chair, thank you, Commissioner. I'll tell you, it's a little odd for me to be standing out here looking at you guys, um, but it's good. Uh, and it's actually, it's more than good. It's fantastic that you guys are in this chambers in particular uh, in San Francisco, in the Board of Supervisors Chambers of San Francisco, because this is an issue that I truly believe, truly believe unites all of us. You know, there, there have been many Tuesday afternoons where I've been standing right there fighting with some of my colleagues about various issues, but this is an issue about which we never fight. We are solidly behind you, uh, solidly excited that you have taken this on. Uh, I came and visited you just a couple months ago when you had your first hearing, um, and, and everything I've heard since is that the uh, commission is really stepping forward on this issue, and I want to say thank you. Uh, and you've got a lot of folks to, who are going to speak. I'll try to keep it in my two minutes. The one theme that I've tried to really get across outside of even these venues when everybody we know is generally supportive, when I've been out talking to the community about various issues and people have sometimes questioned why I'm getting involved in this issue, I think what is most important for all of us to remember is that citizen or not, legal or not, we are all San Franciscans. Uh, and that's what we are doing this for. That's why we are fighting for this. That's why we're fighting for reform, comprehensive immigration reform, so that those San Franciscans who may not have that legal status can get their legal status. And I, I just really want to thank you for continuing to push this issue, bringing it to the forefront. And, um, that's it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Supervisor Ellsberg. I understand that um, the assessor Ting is in the audience. Are you here to speak? Please. Thank you, uh, Madam Chairwoman. As uh, the assessor recorder, but also as the son of immigrants, as someone who's worked on immigrant rights for most of my life, I can't think of a more important issue for 
I think the more important issue that we as San Franciscans should be speaking on. The comments that I have are going to be primarily on two issues regarding what's going through the conference right now. One is the issue of family reunification. I hope that you all take a very strong position on family reunification. I think the proposal that has been put forth by you as Congress is really almost taking away family reunification possibilities for many of the families who live in this city and county, who live in this state and really live in our country. I hope that you take a very strong position in opposing what the current proposal is and saying, hey, whatever comes through the House of Representatives, that family reunification should also be a very strong piece of that proposal. I think number two is this path to legalization. We have so many people here that we rely on in our labor force. They're the ones who clean the hotel rooms, who serve us food. They're the ones who build the buildings that I assess and we pay property taxes on. And just because they're here without documents doesn't mean that we don't have a right, we don't have an obligation to find them a path to legalization. And I think that as an Immigrant Rights Commission, I can't think of an issue that, that's more important for you to take a stance on and to say that this path to legalization for all these folks who are here, we need to find a way. We need to find a way to bring them out of the dark. We need to find a way to acknowledge them for all the hard work, for everything they contribute to our incredible city and county and to our state and to our country. So thank you again for holding this hearing and bringing all of us together to talk about one of the most important issues really this year. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to now call on Rose Chung representing uh, Supervisor Aaron Peskin. Good evening, Commissioners, Chair Malera. My name is Rose Chung, Legislative A2, Board of Supervisors President Aaron Peskin. On behalf of President Peskin, I would like to welcome the Immigrant Rights Commissioners and the San Francisco's immigrant community. On behalf of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, we are proud to host this evening's special hearing on comprehensive immigration reform. Supervisor Peskin understands that it is difficult for immigrants to come forward to tell their stories because of their legal status, employment obligations, and or their family duties. Therefore, it's even more critical for elected officials, and I know that many representatives are here tonight from both state and local offices, pay closer attention to their constituents and become passionate advocates for those who must live in shadows. We welcome your stories because those are not being told and those stories are not sufficiently informing policymakers. We welcome our immigrant community and encourage them to come forth and tell the stories of struggles and triumph. The city must begin the process of analyzing the potential impacts upon our ability to provide city services and on the city's budget and be ready to respond to those challenges. Immigrant communities in the city have been devastated by the ICE raids and I applaud and support the mayor's effort to create protocols so the city does not waste precious resources enforcing a failed and dysfunctional immigrant policy. The board is open to providing other vehicles for the community to organize, strategize, and share resources in order to devise effective solutions to one of the nation's most vexing and critical issues. Once again, 
Thank you for coming tonight, and we welcome your voices. Stand in awe by your courage and are inspired by your triumphs. Thank you, Rose. I now would like to call on Barbara Garcia, who is here to represent in the mayor's office. Um, Barbara Garcia, um, good, after, good afternoon, um, Chairwoman. Um, wanted to thank you for your uh, hearing today and wanted to give you a quick update on the uh, activities that the city is doing to ensure that individuals in our community have access to all its services. Um, we have three activities that we are doing through the city uh, process. One is that we do have a sanctuary committee that's uh, comprised of a group of stakeholders, including the immigrant rights groups and city uh, officials. Um, what we're trying to do is three activities. One is a citywide employee training to ensure that all city services, regardless of those um, who, there are many services that many individuals are um, are available to for regardless of their legal status. And so we will be providing an employee training to ensure the sanctuary ordinance is followed and that includes the protocol development that you just heard of. We also are looking at a media campaign to ensure that individuals in our city feel comfortable and safe to come to all city services. And um, we will have a meeting and continue to have a, a committee on that. And we were, are working on that for the summer. Um, and the third is to develop an, a community response network for when raids do happen, that we do have a response from the city to ensure that the families are taken care of and that we are able to provide the necessary services for them. Um, we have a timeline for the commissioners and any questions you may have, I'm happy to take those. And I know it's precious time today. We want to hear from individuals in the community, but we can continue to work on this for you. Thank you. Barbara, I have a question, um, and this comes out of... Uh, uh, we were, some of us yesterday were meeting with some um, grant makers throughout uh, the, uh, from, from the local area. And um, they're looking at what if this bill passes. And the fact that uh, uh, some people, like uh, Commissioner uh, McCarthy said, uh, there, there will be people who will come out of the shadows, uh, literally, into the light <laughs> to... Um, to be as and as legal residents, and whether is there any discussion within our government to look at what are we, how are we prepared to uh, dedicate services to um, you know to to, uh, to new newly uh, um, legalized uh, citizens. Well, depending on how the bill goes, um, many of those restrictions are going to be for federal aid or federal activities, but we have many services that are general fund, funded by the city that all individuals are eligible for. As an example, most of the services in the, in the Department of Public Health, anyone can, uh, as long as you're in the city, can access those, and that does not have any um, restriction regardless of your legal status. And there are those that are federally uh, funded that probably would have some restrictions on those. And that's what we want to find out when the bill passes. But today we have those services and those are not impacted by any change in the federal law. Yeah, thank you. Um, I believe uh, Lupita uh, wanted, uh, uh, was here to speak on behalf of Supervisor Sandoval's office. Buenas tardes, my name is Lupita Figueredo, and on behalf of Supervisor Gerardo Sandoval, 
I would like to thank the San Francisco Immigrant Rights Commission for holding this very, very important hearing. Many of the people that are here have been not just talking, but living the immigration debate and the immigration controversy and the immigration situation. The supervisors, Supervisor Sandoval, along with many other supervisors, just alone last year, passed probably five resolutions in support of Sanctuary City, but also in support of the immigrant community, whether it's Asian, Latino, uh, Irish, all the, the immigrant communities. And so on behalf of Supervisor Sandoval, thank you. And also on behalf of Supervisor Sandoval, thank you for taking a stand and taking the time and coming here to tell about your lives, your experiences, and all the knowledge that you have about immigration. Gracias por estar aquí um, en, en representación del Supervisor Sandoval, por dar su voz y sus experiencias, y gracias a la Comisión también por hacer esta audiencia especial. And Supervisor Sandoval regrets he's not here, but as I said, him and many of other supervisors have been working very hard on this very, very serious issue. And it's great that you're taking also a stand on this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Lupita. You've been a, a tremendous force and help to the commission here in the last month on this issue. So thank you. Uh, we move on. And I want to recognize our, uh, some folks in the audience that are representing state um, representatives. Um, James Chang, representing Senator Leland Yee's office. Um, Aliyah Savetti uh, uh, from Sen Senator Carol Migdon's office. And Lamont Bishop, representing Assemblyman's Mark Leno's office. Now I'd like to call on uh, Tim Polson the uh, from the San Francisco Herb, um, Labor Council, please. Good afternoon, Madam Chair and Commissioners. I want to thank you very much for putting on this hearing. I think this is extremely important, and it's a debate that has been raging not just in San Francisco, but throughout uh, the United States. Um, I'm Tim Paulson. I'm the Executive Director of the San Francisco Labor Council. We represent 150 unions in San Francisco, over 100,000 men and women. Uh, many of our unions have a majority of their members are, are immigrants and immigrants who would jump at the chance to become American citizens if, ha if the opportunity was there. And um, I do want to pass into the, into the record a uh, piece of uh, uh, a letter that went from the national AFL-CIO to the senators today because we do oppose um, the, the bill as we see it right now. And this summarizes some of the, some of the issues. So if I could just give this to somebody before I'm done. Victoria, Commissioner, thank you. Um, and, and among the things that I'm going to try to be brief because I guess I have to be, but among the things that uh, we really want to emphasize is that we, along with the, La the Labor Council and the labor unions, have been working diligently for months with Mayor Newsom and because of the egregious ice raids that have taken place, we want, really want to applaud the mayor and people in San Francisco for taking some of the appropriate steps to make sure that our families aren't torn apart any more than they already have been by these, by these horrible ice raids. But I just want to say that the issues in particular that we oppose in the legislation that are, that are currently in the bills are the guest worker programs. We feel that guest worker programs have failed in the, in the, in the past, and we believe that they will fail in the future. They divide 
hide and conquer workers, and we, we do believe that there should be no such thing as an illegal worker, period, whether or not somebody works in, in a labor union, whether or not somebody doesn't work in a labor union, whether or not they are a citizen or not, and we absolutely are opposed to guest worker programs. We absolutely also want to make sure that there is a clear and distinct path to citizenship for all immigrants that come to this country. People should not come here and just be used and, and washed out and thrown away. People come here and they work hard. They do the work that, it, that, that we need in this country. It's the history of our nation and the fact that people are denied the citizenship or they have all kinds of hoops to jump through is absolutely horrible and we oppose um, the way that moves also. And then there's a new piece that, of the legislation that really, really um, is, is a concern and that is, is that the family-based ideas around immigration reform are being tossed out also based on some other point systems and extra types of needs that people have in order to get workers here. People should not come here and be exploited and be on a second tier. People should come here because there's a need, because this country is, a, is supposedly a free country and it's a place of opportunity where people should be able to come and be respected and get a path to citizenship. And that is not in the current legislation right now and we, and we very much oppose it and we are asking our senators nationally to oppose this legislation. Thank you much. Okay, um, I, I need to make an announcement. We're going to make an announcement in, in Spanish and in Chinese. Uh, if you need, si usted necesita una traducción en español, por favor, uh, díganos, porque hay personas aquí que están uh, interpretando. Diana? Um, I'm going to make this uh, availability of interpreter services in Chinese for the, our Chinese friends here. Um, 如果是需要翻譯員是想上來跟我們講話的請你們不要客氣因為我們的翻譯員請你們上傘的先先的話那我們就不要客氣我們的翻譯員已經在那裡 one of the things that we want to do is give priority uh, in speaking to those persons who are here who would be directly affected by the, uh, the present um, immigration bill. And so I would like that if there are people in the audience, si hay gente en la audiencia que va a ser afectada por esta, um, por esta ley, Quiero que, 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 que vengan antes que otras personas que se supone que son expertos en esta área, con que queremos oír de la gente primero. Uh, Diane, you want to say that too, that we were interested in, in hearing from those who are directly affected first? Chinese,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,你的英文,
what, we're, what we'd like to do, if we could do this, the, the immigrants, not so much the advocates, if they could line up here, they've come here to speak here tonight, if they could line up here, we could get them to speak first here this evening. We can always hear from the uh, advocates, as it were, um, at a later date. Our goal here is that we can get the people who are directly affected, uh, the undocumented, as it were, to see if they would come to the mic and speak and tell their story here tonight. And if they would line up there, we'd appreciate it. Uh, as we said earlier, all, uh, I, I, um, all identity um, can be kept private. If you're worried about that, uh, we, have, we have the system set up to protect you in that, if, if that worries you. But you're here tonight to talk to us and tell your story. And that's what we want to encourage is these people. The other thing is I see Supervisor Ross McInerney here, and I don't know if he wanted to say a quick word before, uh, before we lined up everybody. We'd appreciate it. He's been a, a great advocate for the Immigration Rights Commission and been very supportive. And I know he's always got a busy schedule. We'd appreciate it if he'd say a few words before we start into the, uh, into the comments uh, from the immigrants. Thank you. Honorable Commissioners, uh, good afternoon, good evening. I am Supervisor Ross Mercurimi. It's extraordinarily odd being in this side of the bench looking in, but you all look really great in our seats. Um, keep up the good work. And I just want to say thank you for this outstanding, uh, well-attended crowd for uh, taking the time and the sacrifice and all the good work in shoring up, I think, um, the efforts of this uh, commission so that uh, San Francisco's voice and its diverse uh, colors and from its diverse expression is being waged. I really don't feel like I have much else to add uh, or anything that much more innovative um, except to the fact that I want to underscore uh, our city and county's commitment to doing everything we can uh, to doing what, quite frankly, the federal government or maybe the state government is not, and that is towards uh, the protection through every sanctuary device that legislatively, policy-wise, that we can uh, establish and hold accountable uh, the funds that we should provide in order to help protect and defend those immigrants, especially those who are not able to uh, abide by the due process that is given everyone else in this country, but yet because they are deemed uh, as an immigrant or undocumented, then they are persecuted, if not prosecuted, for ways that, of course, are inconsistent with the very values that I think that made this country, this state, and, of course, this city and county great. As I indicated at the press conference yesterday, in the last two years, I think of the uh, millions of people that took to the streets in the United States is uh, vivid testimony about the need for immigration reform, but not the kind of reform that penalizes or punishes those who have given so much generationally, who have given so much through their taxpayer dollars that have made this country great. And by that very punishment, we've now seen the downward consequences of this kind of constriction and of the kind of draconian legislation that's come out of the Senate. For example, the brain drain of those who have come to this country to study in this country, who want to have established themselves in this country, those who could help forward, I think, our sciences, those who can help us forward within sort of the civic government, those who have over the years and through academia 
that have been allowed to study here and wanted to remain here, but yet who have been basically rejected and repulsed to go back to their original country is an indication of just how backwards it has been in the United States, especially over the last 20 years, and the way that we are basically expelling the very greatness that we would want to recruit in the first place in order to bolster our own homeland security so that it is that kind of talent and assets that we would be importing, not simply rejecting. And the very fact that in the U.S. Senate right now, that as they contemplate what we would like to believe sensible, compassionate immigration reform, it does not make any sense that they would exclude immigrant organizations and leaders on behalf of immigrant organizations, and in particular, union labor. I cannot understand that while in Congress right now, that as they would be concocting what we would think and hopefully would be the right kind of immigration reform that would be before the Senate, as in hopefully then before Congress, the same kind of bill with the same line of thinking, that it would reflect the very values that would be, of course, instilled by the very organizations, many who would be, I think, here to speak to those very principles on a local level, thinking that they would reverberate nationally and internationally, and the same with union laborers. By the absence of their presence, it's a strong indication as to why this body here today is that much more important in making our voices heard, and I stand in solidarity with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Supervisor. Thank you. All right. Once once again, I'm going to uh, ask the immigrants to come and speak. Uh, and I want to ask, and I'm going to say this in English, Spanish, and then Diana Lau help me with this one. Uh, we're going to, we'd like for you to tell us why you would support or oppose this bill, what would work for you if this bill was going to be the perfect bill for you, what, are, what would you be willing to work on to make it perfect? Um, por favor, cuando venga el micrófono, díganos qué, en, por qué apoya o por qué se opone a, a esta legislación y si nos puede decir qué es lo que podríamos hacer por usted, se podría hacer con esta legislación para que, est, para que fuera una ley que, que sería buena para usted. Uh, no estamos hablando de la comunidad entera, estamos hablando de lo que trabaja para usted. ¿Ok? Diane. 各位朋友,我們是很希望你們可以上來跟我們說一說 各位朋友们,我们希望你们可以站出来,跟我们说出你的信心,就是你对这个疑问发案是赞成还是反对,然后这个赞成跟反对的原因,谢谢你们。Thank uh, you. Okay, come, uh, the, first per, the first speaker please come up. Let us know if you need a, a translator. And also let us know if you want your image to be blocked on, on camera. Your name, uh, if you want, just give us your first name. Hi, my name is Laura, and um, I've been living in San Francisco now for three years as an undocumented citizen. Um, my American dream started simply Get from... Get close to the mic. It's Sorry. very hard to hear. Okay. Yeah. My American dream started 
simply from visits to the West Coast to family and friends when I noticed the potential that this country had to offer. Um, I came here, I've been living here for three years and in that time I've been gainfully employed in the constru construction industry. Um, I work hard, I pay my taxes and I give back to the community as much as I can. For me, um, if there's no bill, that means one of two things, a return to Ireland, possibly to unemployment and to give up um, my career, a very promising career that I have here at the moment, um, or to stay here, continue to live in the shadows, continue to have a life where I don't have a driving license, I don't have a social security number, I don't have an ID card, I don't have any medical insurance, I can't get any health insurance, I can't even rent a car. Um, I'll never be a homeowner. Um, and most importantly, um, possibly a life where I may risk the chance of not seeing my parents again or members of my family. So that's what the bill means for me. So I really urge you to um, support the immigration reform. Thank you. Thank you, John. Just, John, John, just a quick question. I think it's appropriate that you thank you for being the first speaker here tonight. If you don't get some form of reform here in the next month or two, you really believe that you will have to go home, you can't live here anymore? Yes, I mean, I haven't seen my family in three years. Yeah. My parents are elderly, they're in their 80s, and they're certainly not going to travel to the East Coast to see me. Um, my father's got a heart condition, and he can't travel. Um, I myself have just recently got some medical condition going on, um, which is affecting my family, you know. So for personal reasons, yeah, I'll have to go home. The right to travel and the right to work is all is what you're looking for, is that correct? It's very important. Thank you, John, for coming Thanks. and your courage for coming here tonight. Thanks. Before we hear the next speaker, let me introduce you to three of our commissioners who came after we introduced all of our commissioners. Hilberto Alexander, who's on, the, on my right, Fu Nguyen, and Toi Moses. Welcome, commissioners. Uh, next speaker, please. And uh, again, state your name and, and uh, let us know if you want to be blocked. The name. Uh, just uh, so I will set the clock for two minutes. So if you hear a dong, that means your time is up. Okay, thank you very much. Good evening. I'd like to thank you, first of all, to give us this opportunity so we can say what we need to say. Um, I have two things. Um, I'm married to an illegal. He's been here for almost 15 years, and it's been very hard. Um, we have the American dream, get a home, um, you know, have kids. I mean, we want everything that, you know, everyone would wish to have. Unfortunately, we cannot do that because he works, but because he cannot prove his income, we can't afford a house. Um, I'm also here um, to speak my point of view of the immigration uh, reform. I don't agree with a lot of things, and I do agree with some things. Um, I do agree that there should be a background check for everyone that does apply for this uh, uh, reform. And I also would like it if there was uh, more of a, uh, if it was more divided that people that have been here for over 10 years have the first opportunity to apply and become a resident because they have been paying taxes. They, they, I mean, they've proven that they want to participate in this country and they want to make this their, their count, uh, the country where they want to live in. So I think that by living here more than 10 years, they should have that opportunity to become a, a legal resident. 
secondly, um, I understand with what's going on with the family and trying to keep the family together. Um, I don't think it's fair that someone that's just been here a year uh, to be able to apply because there's so many other people in line. Um, I also do agree that if you want to live here, you need to learn the language. And I think that's a big factor because English is a language that's here. And if this is the country you want to li live, you need to speak the language. Um, I also i am um, against the workers program because it, for me, it's another Bracero program. Um, people paying taxes without representation uh, and just abuse and no medical, just they don't have the same opportunity, but yet they bring and they leave money here and they, they just don't benefit like everyone else does that does pay taxes also. Um, I don't agree with, with uh, um, all the other, um, I don't agree with being treated as a criminal because the, the employers that do employ people that are immigrant, they are not treated as violate, violators, but yet they do hire people that knowingly that they do not have documents. So I think that that, that also needs to be stated. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your comments. Thank, Thank you. you. Come on. Next. Traducción en inglés. En inglés o en español. Si eres una persona que te traduzca. Yo voy a hablar en español. Okay, entonces vamos a tener a alguien que lo haga en inglés también. Uh, mi nombre es Carlos Martínez. Vengo de Jóvenes Trabajadores Unidos. Mi nombre es Carlos Martínez. Vengo de Jóvenes Trabajadores Unidos. My name is Carlos Martinez. I come from Young Workers United. Y muchas veces uh, no podemos, cuando venimos aquí, muchas veces uh, no podemos ver a nuestras familias uh, por mucho tiempo que estamos acá. Nuestras familias este, uh, mueren. And often, uh, when we come here, we cannot see where fa our families. And when we are here and our families are not here, sometimes they die. Nuestros papás, hermanos, hijos, our parents, siblings, or, or children. No podemos venir por medio uh, de visa legalmente a, a este país porque no nos la dan. We cannot come to this country legally because they do not give us visas. Para podernos dar una visa nos están pidiendo muchos requisitos con el cual podemos tener uh, terreno, cuentas bancarias, negocios, ganado. Ellos a modo de que ellos tienen tener de dónde poder recuperar el dinero que uno se va a gastar acá. Uh, in order to give us visas, they're requiring a lot of things, uh, land ownership, goods, um, and in order to be here, we, we should be able to uh, recuperate the money that we have spent or that we have put in here. Si nos dieran visas, todos la pediríamos y no tendríamos que entrar acá ilegalmente. If they gave us visas, we would comply and we wouldn't have to come here illegally. 
Y en, en otra sería, uh, ¿por qué nosotros uh, tenemos, sin, ¿por qué nosotros sí los um, necesitamos visa para poder entrar a, a este país cuando el americano va a nuestros países y no necesita de una visa para entrar a nuestros países? Why do we need a visa to come into this country when Americans can come to our country without needing a visa? Y cuando llegan a nuestros países, uh, ponen sus negocios, hacen sus mansiones y no necesitan una residencia, no necesitan un permiso para poderlo hacer en nuestros países. And when they come to our countries, they start businesses, they build mansions, and they don't need visas to make their lives there. El motivo por el cual nosotros venimos a este país es por buscar un bienestar de nuestra familia y nuestro futuro. The reason that we come to this country is for the well-being of our family and for our future. Y es el motivo de que muchas personas mueren en la frontera por alcanzar un mejor futuro. And that is the reason why many people die on the border. It's to achieve a better future. Una legalización es para el bienestar de nuestra familia. Venimos a este país para poder progresar. Legalization is for the well-being of our family. We come to this country to be able to progress. Um, can I, uh, we've already gone about over three minutes, uh, but what I'd like to, lo que quisiera preguntarte, Carlos, es que estás informado de lo que está pasando, de la tra del trato que se está haciendo en Washington, a cómo legalizar a la gente uh, en este país que, está, que no está documentada. Sí, uh, y eso es otro de que, de que supuestamente para una legalización de una visa que están pidiendo 5 mil dólares, ¿para qué quieren ellos 5 mil dólares? ¿Cuántos? Supuestamente hay 12 millones de, de inmigrantes en Estados Unidos. ¿Cuántos millones de dólares van a sacar con 5 mil dólares por persona? Es casi la uh, 6 mil millones de dólares. That's the other thing, is that in order to get a visa here, they are requiring uh, $5,000 from each of, of the people who apply. And if there are, this, there are like 2 million immigrants six here, then how much, how, how much is that going to come to be? That's like six. Six thousand million dollars. Thousand million dollars. <laughs> okay. So, lo, una de las cosas por la que tú no, estás diciendo, ¿y cómo te afectaría a ti si alguien, si dijeran que te, tendrías que pagar cinco mil dólares para sacar tu visa? Ah, en especialmente uh, pienso de que afectaría más a las personas de que, de que tienen uh, mucha familia aquí, tienen toda su familia aquí, que tienen hasta 8 o 10 personas aquí, ¿cómo van a hacer ellos para recuperar, a reunir tanto dinero? Ok. I think that mostly affects people who have a lot of family members here. If they have six or eight people in their family, how are they going to collect that much money? Ok. Um, thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, through the chair, um, I mean, we, we'd love to give everybody a half an hour because we're so, we want to hear everybody's story, but in the interest of moving it along, we, we have to try and keep everybody to three minutes, so if you can keep that in mind, and if you need more time, you know, we can probably try and do it, but as a rule, if we can keep, I've been given a dubious pleasure here, if yeah. I can keep the clock here. Right, so. but most importantly, stick to the point. We want to hear what you're in favor against in the bill in anything that you think needs to happen before you would support this bill. 
Okay? So come on up. The next person, please. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Um, thank you for letting us be here, and uh, I hope this is not going to be the last. Uh, there's going to be more every, uh, time to, to express our opinion. Uh, my name is Porfirio Quintano, and I am here to, to let my voice count and share my, my experience as an immigrant. Uh, our immigrant community is suffering because the immigration system is broke. We are not a problem. We are only part of the problem. The problem is the immigration system that is not working for the, for the economy. Let me share my experience on 2003. I went to our house and raised our house, even though we, are, we, were a, we are a citizens. They come knocking the door, saying, police, police, open the door. I open the door, and when I op open the door, they just jump inside and showing a, a picture of the people, uh, somebody who is not related to, to us. Even though we explain to them that we, are not, that we were not related to that people, they hold us for more than one hour. So it come up that every time they do an array, I, 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 my, my memories come, and uh, as well as my family, how those people suffer when there is a ray. Because even though we were on, we, we are a citizen, we were on shock on that day. So that's, that's a kind of, the people get terrified and humiliated. So there is no word to explain how we feel when those people get to our house. Um, we agree that the government has to do their job to protect us, but they should target terrorists, not janitors. They should target smugglers, not the carpenters or the babysitters, the people who are, uh, imp uh, who are important to the, our economy. Right now there is a bill in the Senate but then it has uh, many problems. But also, there is only the bill that is being debated, and it's only the vehicle to, to, to get the uh, immigration reform for right now. The problem with this bill is the family will be separate. The legalization process will be too difficult, and some people will not qualify for that. So it's, and then the temporary worker problem, for, program is going to repeat the same mistake from the for the past. Uh, we understand that, that, that uh, we need some, 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 some immigration reform or, or, the, or to reform this, this, this system. But this, this bill will create more problems in, uh, in the future. And uh, we need a system. Uh, a really, a really system, a smart system that not, not only reflect our history as a nation of immigrants, but also reflect Thank you. Our we, we have to, thank you for your comments. We have to get to okay. the next speaker. Appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much for coming out this evening. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Next speaker. Next speaker.
Next Come speaker, on. please. Yeah, thank you. Buenas tardes. Algún traductor del inglés, por favor. Mi nombre es Gregorio Díaz. Soy del Comité de Jóvenes Trabajadores Unidos. My name is Gregorio Díaz. I'm here from Young Workers United. Entonces, sobre las leyes que tratan de imponernos respecto a, la, a los cinco mil dólares para poder legalizar a las personas ilegales que somos, pues se me hacen mucho. No sé qué, cuáles son las intenciones para cobrarnos tanto dinero. Regarding the law that requires that we pay five thousand dollars if we are uh, legal immigrants. It seems like a lot of money. I don't know why they need to request so much. Y sobre todo, el tiempo de espera para poder legalizarse también se me hace mucho. Entre 8 a 13 años es demasiado. No sé cuáles son sus intenciones. Furthermore, the waiting time to become legal seems like quite a lot, between 8 and 13 years. I don't know why it has to be so much time. Nosotros venimos a este país a trabajar para sacar el bienestar, al bienestar de nuestras familias. Y además, pues, se me hace injusto que nos traten de, de ladrones, criminales, y sobre todo terroristas. Y, we come here to work for the well-being of our family, and it seems unfair that we are treated like thieves, like criminals, like terrorists. Pienso que esta ley que nos tra tratamos de imponer es para deshacer de todos nosotros. Y ¿Por qué si somos ilegales también nos están, estamos pagando los impuestos? Por. I feel like these laws that are imposed upon us are, um, are to get rid of us. And why, um, why, and, and why are we being taxed if they don't want us to? Estos son, estos son todos mis, mis dudas respecto a esto. Muchas gracias. Those are my feelings regarding this. Thank you. All right. Next speaker, please. Good evening. My name is Dermot Call. I'm from Ireland. I came to San Francisco just over nine years ago for a two-week vacation. It's been a long vacation. Um, I initially never intended to stay here this long. Um, I got settled, and unfortunately, there was no, nothing in place for me that would allow me to get, get closer to the mic, okay? Sure. Uh, okay. Sorry, I didn't Thank realize. You. Okay. I'll get more comfortable like this too, actually. <laughs> you might never get me out of here. Um, I was saying that I came here nine years ago, and initially I only intended to stay for a few weeks. Um, nine years down the road, I'm still here, and I love this country. Um, I have tried to go home and settle back there. I couldn't. My heart was in America. I, I wanted to live and work here. Uh, unfortunately, the system wasn't in place for me to get any legal status in the country. So when I hear now that they're working on a comprehensive bill to try and get us some legal status, I really am in favor. I don't really know exactly. I'm not a politician. I don't know exactly what I want, but I just know that I do want to live here, become part of the system, contribute a bit more. I work in a business which employs approximately nine people, four full-time, four part-time five part-time, I guess. Um, possibly if I have to give up my status in the country, that business may have to close down. And that's something I don't want to see happen. So I do hope that you guys push and help us try and get some comprehensive immigration reform bill through. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate you coming out. Thanks very much. Okay.
Next speaker. Hi, my name is Olive, and I came from Ireland um, 18 years ago. This coming July 2nd, I'll be here 18 years. Um, I come from a family of 12 kids, and there's actually eight of us in the States already. Five legal and five actually citizens, and three of us illegal. Um, we haven't been together ever, the 12 children. Um, I went home, like, I think it was six years ago, and I actually got stopped at immigration. But I got back four days later, and I said, I'm never going back there again. So I am so in favor of this bill because basically my family is here, and I want to stay with them. And my parents live back home, but they're still young enough that they can come visit us. So they come for like two months, usually of the year. So I'm blessed that way. But I have a lot of friends that can't make it home. Um, I have two good friends that couldn't get home for their mother's 80th birthday. And to me, that's heartbreaking. Um, I couldn't get home for my aunt's funeral, who was very close to me. So it's just something needs to be done because we're good people and we're hard workers and we're willing to do everything that's right here. So anything that you could do to help us, me speaking for the rest of the Irish here, would really appreciate it and promise to do a great job here. Thank you. Thank you, Olivia. Olivia, Olivia just, just one question. Thanks. Thanks for coming out here this evening and telling your story. I know it's not an easy thing. If this bill fails and you see no light here, let's say, within the next couple of years of any kind of form of comprehensive immigration reform, what are you going to do? Honestly, I could not see myself going home unless they literally carry me out the door and on that plane. I still I can't see myself living in Ireland again. I love it, but my family is here, and this is the country where I want to live. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Good luck. Good afternoon, uh, gentlemen and ladies. My name is Gustavo Gonzalez. Uh, I was come in this country for about uh, 19 years ago. And then I, I am very, very agree about the new immigration reform. We need, we need those services for all communities, all communities. No discrimination. Don't divide the families. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Um, my name is Cairo Gonzalez. I come from a, a St. Peter Committee House. Um, I try to see, I feel really hard situation with all the immigrants about what's going on. Uh, I think what the best bear, the best way to be okay for them is uh, give peace of mind, good salary, uh, no, uh, all the family united. Um, also, um, no, no persecution, and also, um, at least what everything will be okay is uh, with no approbation about this uh, proposal. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let me ask, uh, perdón, uh, excuse me, um, Carlos, right? Cairo. 
Um, I've heard several people today talk about family reunification, and I think there are two pieces in the bill, those partes, and I think we have two experts here today in immigration that could probably clarify this, because the one, there is one piece that speaks about how, when you can bring your family to the country and where the bill stands that, you know, how families are gonna be allowed in the country. And the second one that I hear that people are concerned about is that they're gonna have to, the head of a household will have to leave and their family will stay here. But in most cases, people believe that they have to leave for eight to 10 years. That, that that's the, and, and can you clarify what? Right. Can you explain it? Okay. On the legalization program, if you're here and you get to legalize, you're part of that system, you can't, and your families are outside of the country, you can't bring your family members in until you become a legal permanent resident, and that will take a minimum of eight years. But if your family's already here with you. They can be part of the system. If they're already here with you, the head of household has to go back to their country of origin to process their, their application. But not for, for ten, eight to 10 years. We don't know how long it's gonna take. It's supposed to be much, uh, much quicker, but at the consulates, there's a lot of problems with the databases being accurate. There's no consular review, so if there's a denial, it's unreviewable. So there's some issues there with what it's called sort of the touchback. Okay. On the family-based side and family immigration, they've done a couple things. One, if you filed your petition um, after May 2005, they disappear your petition. They, take, they keep your money, but they say your petition has disappeared, and they put it into this, something called this point system. So if you are a brother or sister or sibling, you have to go into this, you're, you would go into this point system, and you get very, 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 very few points for being a family member. So essentially, they get rid of family reunification as the cornerstone of immigration. The other okay. thing it d does um, is if you are a legal permanent resident and you want to bring in your spouses and minor kids, you have to go into that point system too and it doesn't okay. look very good. All right. I, I think the piece that I wanted to clarify is that families who are already here, uh, there, there is a misconception that if your family is here that somehow you're not going to be able to immigrate them. But very, be very clear, if your family is here and you go into this, what's the Z visa program, it's not, you don't, you get a temporary visa for four years. You have to pay for that, and you have this per beneficiary, so your family members have to pay too. You also then have to renew it another time, so it's very expensive. And then at that point, if you have passed the English test, which is now the test for being a citizen, and if you've passed the citizenship test, and if you've done other things, then you may be eligible to um, adjust your status and become permanent. But before that, you are temporary, and your family's temporary. Correct, correct, okay. Thank you, Judy. Let Thank not you. the perfect be the enemy of the good, huh? <laughs> you can have that conversation yeah. when I testify, okay? okay. Next speaker, Thank uh, next you. Next speaker, Thank please. You. Hello, commissioners. <clears throat> My name is Ramon Cardona. I've been here for quite a few years in the U.S., and I still hope that one day I will be a U.S. citizen. Also, my partner and our young daughter are only here with a temporary status. What I see going on right now in the U.S. Uh, Senate debate 
trying to reform immigration law is very, very concerning to me. If this proposed bill becomes law, any misdemeanor of some types that God forbid and I would find myself convicted of would be inadmissible to continue living and working in this country. <clears throat> the U.S. Senate's bipartisan proposal bill and its ensuing amendments in the last few days, if approved, how I see it, portend a grave danger for the future of reunification of immigration, immigrant families, the creation of a vulnerable, permanent underclass of guest workers, a tortuous road to an incremental process of legalization that will leave millions of individuals as third-class residents unable to complete the harsh conditions and penalties to obtain a green card. And that only once the so-called triggers have been certified to Congress that they have been fully and successfully implementing the sealing of the borders, the verification, electronic verification of uh, employers, and the um, immigration documentation that has to be um, in, done in such a way as to um, can be uh, replicated. Also, I see a double standard with what's being debated. We're going to be judged and convicted as non-citizens who commit an, an unlawful deed, even minor ones, with harsh punishment, including declaring that person inadmissible to continue living in the United States. The bill is laden, loaded with militarization and police measures that, once implemented, in this great nation, we're going to have a police inner state. Basically. Thank you very much for your comments. Thank you. Just quickly. I'm sorry. We have to really have to manage our time here. Thank you. Okay. Next Thank speaker, you. please. Thank you. Thank you, commissioners, for organizing this hearing. My name is Betty Canton Self. I am a San Franciscan resident since 1995. I am here to support the comprehensive immigration reform, but I'm here to support a reform that reflects the values of this nation, the values of fairness and justice. And I also am here to testify that the debate as it is, it doesn't reflect the values and the, the fairness and the commitment to justice and liberty that this nation signed as a nation. The current law, to be acceptable for me, my family, my friends, and my community, need to ensure family reunification, protecting family integrity, and ensuring that everyone has a fair opportunity to adapt to this country and to contribute as a human being. The current laws prevent that. This law, as is now, and the debate as is now, needs to ensure that there is no Braceros program. History speaks for. The due process needs to be included because right now legal residents are deported based on misdemeanors that they committed maybe when they were, when they were young. The recognition that immigrants with or without status pay taxes and the recognition that the social security 
is supported and sustained right now by the taxes paid by undocumented immigrants need to be included? No separation to families? Sending out of the country the head of the families? Is not, it doesn't make sense? No penalties because the penalties will take money and food and medicine and housing for the children. And finally, okay. I'm here for the community. Thank you, Betty. Uh, Betty, um, I want to please remind you that although I know and I have all these cards here of many advocates in the community, I want to remind you that we want to first hear from the people who will be directly affected by the bill because we really want to hear from the community, okay? Okay, next. All right, well, in response to that, um, my name is Joe Cirillo. I'm, uh, I'm not an immigrant, but I'm a paralegal at the African Immigrant Refugee Resource Center. And um, actually, can we give can we give the floor to people that that are affected in, by in this context? I would just like to say many of our um, immigrants um, were going to speak today, but they felt uncomfortable oh. um, at the last minute, so they asked me to um, just speak, you know, some of their ideas for them on their behalf. Um, and we, we are going to open to the floor. At We're going to open it for everyone. Right. Right. I'd just like to say that they're in the same boat as everyone else, and you know we're working with this together. We've got to keep the family petitions how they are, and we can't, we can't back, up, back out on that. So thanks. No, and we'll gladly come back to the mic here at the end of the meeting. We will call on everybody that wants to speak. I just want to remind you that our, first we want to hear from the people who are being affected, that will be affected by this bill if it passes. Okay, next please, next person. Good evening. My name is Miguel Robles, and este, thank you for letting us know, es, talk about our problems. I, I am an immigrant, and I have the same problems of all the other people not documented. And este, I came to talk about the human rights tonight, no? because I think it's the worst problem we're going to confront in the future. They are talking about, about este, hire people to, or agents to, to arrest 2,700 people a day. If we, if we think in 10 days they, they want to take 275,000 people, in three months are 2, millions, 2 million people they're going to take. Then it's, it's the, the worst thing they, 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 they could expect, expect uh, about this bill. And it's the, I would like to ask to the person who knows about the immigration law, the, what, what do they are thinking about it? How, how they you, they gonna hire only these people to take to arrest the the person, and they gonna be hired temporary, or they gonna este, they gonna work forever in, in this este, homeland security department? So I guess you're talking about the enforcement piece. Uh, what was the question? I didn't they're, they're talking about the people, that, the additional people that are going to be hired to, for more enforcement on the border. Right, I think that's what you're at. Is it look yes. Yeah. Okay. They're going to be hired temporarily or they're going to stay working forever? Well, it would be permanent. Permanent, yeah. Yes. When you yes. work for the government, you work forever. So if they're going to work for, for 10 days, they, they're going to take away, I don't know, hundreds of millions of people from this country. No? Then it's absurd, this law. No? I, 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 I am opposed to, I am against this kind of proposals. I think it, it, it doesn't make sense. 
I don't know what we are thinking, but I think it's the moment to all the citizens or no citizens in this city come out in a demonstration against it. Thank, Thank you for you. coming out here to see Thank, Thank you. Okay, next. Buenas tardes, mi nombre es Juana Flores, trabajo con Mujeres Unidas de Activas. Good afternoon, my name is Juana Flores and I work with uh, Mujeres Unidas y Activas. Y bueno, estoy aquí para mencionar algunas de las cosas. Yo tengo familiares que no tienen documentos, por las cuales yo sé que esta propuesta de ley afectaría mucho a, esta, a mi familia especialmente. I'm here to share with you a number of issues. First of all, most of my family does not have documents and they would be severely impacted. Ellos tienen hijos nacidos aquí y ahorita las redadas y esto se incrementaría si pasara esta ley. No está dando la oportunidad de que un padre de familia llegue al juez y decir el carácter moral que tiene o la oportunidad de que poderse quedar en este país. Many of them have U.S. citizen children and yet they, they will not have the opportunity to be able to apply for permanent residency even though they've been uh, following the laws and they've been taxpaying uh, residents. Por otro lado, también se dice que la persona que ha usado documentos falsos o un seguro social no va a ser elegible, pero si sí le dan un, un número para hacer sus impuestos, entonces, ¿de qué estamos hablando? And on the other hand, people who have used fake IDs or fake social security uh, numbers will not be eligible. And at the same time, the government themselves have, have provided numbers where people can pay their taxes. So really, what are they talking about? They're talking about not qualifying large numbers of people. Can you, uh, un momentito. Um, was an amendment? We're going to give you, le vamos a dar un poquito de más de tiempo, pero antes de esto, queremos clarificar algo para usted, okay? an amendment the other day that would uh, get very close to the mic. Okay. There was an amendment that was voted on the other day that would allow people to get legal who have used false IDs and false social security numbers. So just wanted to clarify right. that. Okay. Entendió eso que... No, lo que le están diciendo de que en, el, en, el presente, en la presente legislatura ya cambiaron eso. Ok, bueno, pero de todas maneras, otra de las cosas, eso es un puntito muy pequeño, pero otra de las cosas es que va a incrementar las muertes en las pasadas para nuestra gente de Sudamérica, eh, Centroamérica y México, porque si ahorita están diciendo que 400 personas al año están siendo muertas, es una mentira. Son miles las personas que mueren y se incrementan la gente que va a estar en las, en las fronteras. Esto va a ser mucho más muertes para nuestra gente. Okay. Okay, you may be right about that point and that information is just given to us now. But there's, that's just one tiny little point in terms of looking at the whole um, bill. Most of the bill is focused on increasing militarization in the border and doing more enforcement. Already they say that there's 400 people who die at the border every year. We know that those numbers are up in the thousands. So when they increase militarization, which this bill is putting forward, it's going to lead to the deaths of thousands and thousands of more Latin American immigrants. Y va a ser mucha gente, muchísima gente la que va a estar afectada. La separación de familias va a ser más terrible. Las redadas, el temor, eh, los abusos en el trabajo. Entonces, sí estoy hablando de toda mi, mi familia que está acá, de la gente que está en, en situaciones muy difíciles y por eso queremos que esto cambie o que muera definitivamente. Gracias. And we know for sure that a lot of the, this bill that's being pushed forward is going to increase enforcement inside the country, 
which is going to lead to a lot more rates, which is going to mean that more families here in San Francisco are impacted, including my own. So that's why we're coming here to say that we're, we're not for increasing the fear. We, want, we don't support this bill, and we want alternatives. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Next. Okay, uh, please. Uh, we, we asked you not. <laughs> okay. All right. Next. Okay. Sí, buenas tardes. Mi nombre es José Sandoval de Voluntarios de la Comunidad. Good afternoon. My name is uh, Jose Sandoval. I'm from Community Volunteers. Es uh, obvio que el tema importante en este momento histórico que vivimos aquí en Estados Unidos es el estatus migratorio. It is obvious that the most important theme in this historical moment in which we are living is uh, immigrant status. Que no solo afecta a los supuestos 12 millones de indocumentados, sino a a otros millones de familiares que ya están aquí documentados. This does not only affect the supposed uh, 12 million undocumented people, but also uh, millions more who uh, are living here with their families. Y es ridículo que la hipocresía legislativa se siga manejando en estos tiempos cuando se habla de ese respeto de los derechos humanos en el mundo y desde aquí mismo no se están respetando. And it is ridiculous, the legislative hypocrisy um, that we are talking about human rights throughout the world when we're not respecting human rights in this very country. Nosotros venimos a pedirles aquí que si van a hacer una resolución en favor de la defensa de los derechos humanos, pues así sea, ya que hay ejemplos como la ley 187, la 200, que estaban peor que lo que está haciendo aquí y están congeladas. Gracias y afortunadamente tenemos. Uh, and we have come here to ask that if you're going to make uh, resolutions under the name of human rights, that they be really that way. We have numerous examples, for example, 87 and 200 that are worse than what we are seeing today. Y afortunadamente tenemos cientos o miles de organizaciones defensoras de los derechos humanos con abogados expertos para que puedan someter una apelación y congelar todo eso negativo que se está legislando en este momento. Fortunately, we have thousands of human rights organizations with expert lawyers who can find ways to freeze the negative aspects of what we have done. Es uh, una petición que se hace a través de años que hemos estado en las calles donde los invitamos que ustedes manden a unas personas para que vean qué dicen los que realmente quieren que se arregle esta situación migratoria. And this is the request we would like to make. We would like to invite you to come to the streets and talk to the people who are really living in this um, Im immigrant situation to find out what we really need and want. Por tanto, pedimos que el debate siga. Gracias. Thank you. Okay, and gracias. Thank you, okay, thank you for coming. Okay, next.
Hola, mi nombre es Lucinda Gutiérrez y estoy aquí porque estoy apoyando una reforma migratoria justa porque hace 15 años hace, hace 15 años que yo les, les sometí papeles a mis hermanos y aún no han recibido su residencia legal. Creo que con esta reforma migratoria ellos van a obtener su residencia legal. I am here to support the uh, immigrant reform. I have been here for 15 years, and 15 years ago, my siblings, my sisters, um, uh, submitted their applications, and they still have not received residence, and I believe that with this reform, they will be able to receive it. Es por eso que yo estoy trabajando duro con la comunidad. Uh, soy, soy, um, estoy ayudando con marchas, con todas las protestas, porque queremos que se arregle esto pronto. Y, y ya basta de tanta injusticia con todos estos niños que se han quedado sin padres también. And that is why I'm working very hard with the community. I've participated in all of the marches and protests and uh, that sort of a thing because it's enough of this injustice and also there are enough children who have had to live without their parents. Todos los niños que son nacidos en este país tienen los mismos derechos que cualquier ciudadano. No, no importa la raza ni el color. Y yo creo que están haciendo una gran injusticia con nuestra gente. All of the children who are born in this country have the same rights as everyone else, and it doesn't matter what race they are or where they come from. And I think that you are committing a grave injustice in this country. Gracias. Thank Gracias you. a usted. Thank you. Muy buenas noches. Luis de Jesús. Good evening. Del Instituto Duartiano Bolivariano. Okay. Instituto Duartiano Bolivariano. I'm here from the Instituto Duartiano Bolivariano. Ya, yeah, ya, yeah. yeah. okay. <laughs> eh, he aprendido a través de este tropiezo, de este fracaso de legislación. I have learned through the, the failure of this, legisl this legislation. De que nosotros, las organizaciones, debemos de buscar alternativas para unirnos como un solo cuerpo. That all of these organizations here should look for alternatives to work together like one organism. Y crear programas sobre cultura política para la comunidad infantil y juvenil. And to create a, a program which is cultural and political for the infantile and juvenile communities. Okay. Eh, hace cuatro semanas quedó demostrado que no se puede creer ni en los republicanos ni en los demócratas. Eh, porque en los cuatro, hace cuatro semanas eh, los demócratas aprobaron un presupuesto de 1.200 millones de dólares para la guerra. Four weeks ago we learned that we couldn't trust uh, Democrats or Republicans because four weeks ago they approved uh, a, a budget increase of, of $1.200.000 for the war. Okay, para concluirle, Creo que nosotros tenemos que ir sentando la base o la plataforma para crear nuestro propio partido político. That's why I think that we should be the base. We should have a platform to create our own political party. 
Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Next speaker, please. Next speaker, thank you. My name is Tang. Can you speak into the mic, please? Thank you. Hello? Come closer to the mic. Thank I'm you. sorry. No, no, please, please. Thank you. Okay. Um, good evening, everyone. And my name is Tang So. And uh, I am, Vietnam, I am uh, a, a member of Vietnamese, OFCA Vietnamese Cultural Center. And I come here to speak on behalf of Vietnamese community, Asian communities, and immigrants community. Because Today, I come here. I'm the, I'm the, actually, I'm a refugee, and I'm also an immigrant, that I'm not born here, I'm an immigrant. And um, I would like to share some experience that, because I came here for 20 years, but I spent, with the 20 years that I've been through, and I share some experience that what I help other Vietnamese families who came here as immigrants. And thank you so much about the INS that you provide the uh, information about the, um, uh, the, uh, uh, the family re reunification, and uh, that's true. That's uh, talking about 10 years ago that I help on. That's my husband's families that um, he uh, bring over, just to bring over his uh, eight brothers and sisters and his parents. So when I got here, his parents got a uh, green card, but uh, and then his sister did not get any green card at all. Um, so um, I helped them due to their English barriers, so I brought them to the INS and went through the whole process. And what, what, what we get response from them, they're saying that you guys are so lucky that you guys, within four years, you can immigrate to San Francisco into the United States. Otherwise, you have to stay back to your country for ten, more than 10 years to come here. And then, and then they're saying that you cannot uh, qualify for the resident, I mean, apply the green card until you, 10 years later, to wait for 10 years. So yes, last few years is the 10 years. They got the resident, uh, green card. And they live for 10 years, they stay for 10 years paying taxes, and now they, ha they, cannot, they have to wait for another five years to be eligible for the um, citizen. So I just want to share the, uh, the information that, uh, that with this, I read, keep reading over and over this bill, and it wasn't clear. It's, and we need more clarification here. And uh, about the merit point, uh, I don't, it's so confusing. And the, again, and about the, uh, the, the price that they give it up, like thousands of thousands of dollars, people couldn't afford it. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come here to talk today. Thank, thank, you, thank you very much. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Angel Rios. Uh, I've been living in the country for uh, seven years already. Uh, the, the really idea of what you were discussing about is definitely something I definitely don't understand. The only thing I want to tell you guys is my point of view about this legislation and these regulations. The only thing we want in this country as an immigrant, I think, is uh, opportunity. Uh, and I can definitely tell you guys, mostly my, fam my family, I'm Peruvian, most of my family uh, immigrate to Spain, Italy, and three years they come back to my to talk to my family. I have seven years in this country and I didn't talk to my family yet. Uh, I have two reasons to speak right here. One of the reasons is that I get fired on Wednesday, but I already got two propositions to work, so that's good. 
And the second reason is my daughter and my wife. So I believe every single immigrant in this country uh, coming from South America, Central America, Europe, Asia, and the five continents in the world, uh, they're looking for just one opportunity. And I think we really appreciate you guys because you are pretty much the authority. We believe in you guys. And uh, whoever gives us the opportunity to be better and to, to be grateful in this country, and whoever gives us the opportunity to, to grow up as, as part of this country, uh, I believe we, we're going to be the same, at the same way uh, willing to give uh, you know, all the, all the uh, um, power and, and, and all the uh, – this is cool in Spanish. Is, uh, collaboration. Cooperation. 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 To, to whoever gives us the opportunity to be better and to grow up in this country. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for speaking here tonight. Thank you. Okay. Next. Good evening. Uh, my name is Declan McCon. I came here in 98 at 22 years of age. I haven't been at home for five years. And since then, I have missed two brothers' weddings, the death of my aunt, two births of a uh, nephew and a niece, and my younger sister growing up. Um, if I go home, I lose my construction company that I've set up. I lose my life here. I lose all my friends. When I go back home, I go back to a country that I haven't lived in for 10 years. I have never worked in Ireland. I came here when I left college. I have never worked there. So I'm going back to a country that I know nothing about. If this fails, this bill fails, if we don't push for this bill to pass, I am not going to be, have a life back there. If I have to go home, see my father, he's getting old, my mother's getting old. If I have to go home and see them, I might never get back here. So we have to fight to get this bill passed. We have to do whatever it takes, negotiate with who, get everyone into City Hall to fight for what we need. We need this passed by everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Deathra. Next. We're going to do everything we can. Okay. Buenas noches. Yo me llamo Yolanda, tengo cinco años en este país, vivo en el Tenderloin y participo en la, en la Voz Latina. Good evening. My name is Yolanda. I've been here for five years. I live in the Tenderloin and I participate with La Voz Latina. Es bien difícil cuando tienes un hijo que no es nacido en este país y te pide que quiere irse a ver a su familia y tú sabes que es imposible. It's very difficult when you have a, a child who is not born in this country and he asks you to go see his family and you know that it's impossible. Sabes que eso es imposible y ellos no se tienen la culpa de que de su estatus. Nosotros los traemos aquí pensando en un futuro mejor y muchas de las veces fallecen tus papás y no puedes ir a darles el último adiós. It is, not, it is not their fault that um, we have brought them here and um, looking for a better future, and many, and, and very often it fails. Y nosotros no somos criminales. Trabajamos duro 
para darle a nuestros hijos lo que nuestros países no tuvimos, no, 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 no tuvimos nosotros. We are not criminals. We come here and work very hard in order to give our children what we could not have in our own countries. Yo apoyo una propuesta, pero me preocupa que el jefe de familia se tenga que salir. ¿Cómo vamos a sobrevivir si no tenemos ni una ayuda del gobierno y nos mantenemos del sueldo de ellos? I support this this bill, but I am very worried about one thing that the head of household has to leave because what happens if we support on his income and he has to go? Muchas gracias y espero que que tomen en cuenta uh, a nosotras las familias que es muy difícil para nosotros estar en este país sin papeles. Thank you very much and I really hope that you take us families into consideration because it's very difficult for us to be in this country without papers. Excuse me. Can you please translate? I just want her to know that her child has a right to go to school here. She does go to school and is in third grade. Okay, and no one can deny your child the right to go to school because of their immigration status. Every child in this country, regardless of their immigration status, has a right to go to school and no school should be asking any child about their immigration status. That's illegal. Thank you for your comments. Um, next speaker, and if I may, um, if I may, if the audience there, if the, keep the door closed as people are trying to make comments, it's kind of hard. Okay, thank you. Do you want to do you ex, ex, explain that? There is, there is a confusion, and this is what I was trying to clarify earlier, that the people think that under the present bill, or the present version, obviously, that if you are if you uh, apply for the temporary visa that will be required, that you will immediately, the head of household will have to leave immediately and leave their kids behind. And that's not the case. No. Okay. You, um, only if when you apply for the non-immigrant, when you first apply, you get this non-immigrant um, uh, visa that lasts for four years. And according to the bill, it's renewed. You can renew it indefinitely. If you want to become a legal permanent resident, then you have to go home, at the, and it, it will take you a minimum eight years before you would But do you that. have to go home to apply, not necessarily to stay. But you don't have, if you want to continue to be here in this non-immigrant status, you never have to go back, but you have to keep on paying the fees. If you want to become a legal permanent resident, then it, and the first time you do it is eight years, then you go home, have to go back. But not for eight years. Right. Exactly. Yolanda, Yolanda, usted, usted estaba, um, porque usted está penada porque usted piensa de que si usted va a aplicar para, para, para legalización, tendría que salir del país y dejar a sus hijos aquí por, un, por bastante tiempo. Y no es necesariamente eso. ¿Lo entiende? Ok, ok. Just, solo quiero estar segura que la gente esté, porque una de las cosas que queremos hacer ahora Hoy es no solamente expresar la, lo, los problemas que ustedes tienen con la legislación, pero queremos saber que la gente lo entiende. We want to make sure that you understand the provisions so that uh, people don't leave here with the wrong information. ¿Quería decir algo?
es por el jefe de familia que dicen que tiene que salirse del país. No, no, eso es lo que le estoy explicando. Ajá. El jefe de familia sí. solo tiene que salir si se quiere ser residente, Ajá. pero puede estar aquí por mucho tiempo. Ah, uh, y, 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 uh, are you going to translate? Uh, why, don't you, why don't we have the the the, opin the legal opinions here, okay? Uh, you want to explain it? Okay, in terms of this, it's called the touchback provision. Right. So if you want to stay in this country and never become a legal permanent resident, according to this bill, you never have to go back. Correct. But if you want to become a legal permanent resident, um, the first time you can do that is eight years after you've been part of the program. At some point during those eight years. Right. Not necessarily that you have to leave for eight years. No, no, no. It's okay. Correct. Okay. But, but she didn't mention about leaving for eight years. She mentioned that she's been here for a couple of years. No, but she was concerned that the head of a household would have to leave for the that. The head of a household does have to leave at some point if they want to legalize, correct? Correct. Yeah. If they want to legalize. But not for the entire eight oh, years. Oh, but right. what, what people keep on thinking that it ha the people have to leave for eight to ten years until the papers are. She doesn't believe you have to leave for eight years. Um, mm -hmm. what, I believe what she was saying is that she's concerned that there's no guarantee that people can come back based on if there's some sort of criminal background or if there's a, a past order of deportation or just in terms of even if it's a week or two weeks, what that means for the family. I think that was more the well, area. Well, that's, that's obviously, yeah. yeah. Of course. Okay. Just want to make sure that everybody Thank understands. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. All right. Uh, just uh, taking a, a very short moment to, uh, to let you know that uh, Bob Toomey from uh, Assemblywoman uh, Fiona Ma's office is here with us. Okay. Next. Who's next? Uh, hola, mi nombre es César García. Tengo aquí viviendo desde hace uh, alrededor de 11 años. Este, y en mi situación, saben que no puedo ir a visitar a mi familia. Uh, no puedo estudiar. Muchas veces no puedo encontrar el trabajo que yo quisiera. Good afternoon. My name is Jorge Garcia. I've been here for 11 years, and I want you to know that I've not been able to visit my family. I have not been able to study, and often I cannot get the job that I would like to get. And I would like to know if, at some point, if you guys have been in this kind of situation. Si, ¿cómo puede vivir uno aquí sin tener nada de eso? Porque para todo piden documentación. If in our place, how you would live if uh, you had to be in this situation, if you couldn't do things because you did not have documentation. Uh, y yo no sé por qué nos culpan a nosotros, por qué en una situación en la que realmente si migramos, no migramos porque queremos, sino por las condiciones, porque nos obligan a salir de nuestro país. And I don't know why you blame us, because we don't immigrate because we want to immigrate. We immigrate because we cannot live in the situations that exist in our countries. Y creo que la gran mayoría de nosotros viene a trabajar aquí en este país. Muchos quisieran estudiar, pero debido a su situación no pueden hacerlo. Y además, si lo pudieran hacer, encuentra uno muchos problemas. And... I would like you to know that we come here to work hard in this country and we work well. Many of us would like to study, but we cannot study and we find ourselves in very difficult problems. 
Yo no entiendo por qué si venimos a estudiar, venimos a trabajar, venimos a hacerle un bien a este país, por qué ponen tantos problemas para hacer una legalización. And I don't understand if we come here to work hard and we come here to study and we come here to do good in this country, why you make it so difficult for us to legalize. Y solamente quiero recalcar en que si se han puesto a pensar en nuestra situación, cómo pudieran vivir. Gracias. And I would like to repeat, have you put yourselves in this situation? How would you live? Um, Thank you. Uh, no, pero like, uh, can I ask him a question? Uh, ¿Le puedo hacer, hacer una, una pregunta? pregunta? El asunto es no cómo nosotros podemos vivir, sino que uh, qué es lo que pasaría si este, esta legislación pasa o no pasa en su, en su vida. Diga, ¿cómo quisiera usted que esto pasara? Yo quisiera que hubiera amnistía para todos, o sea, okay. sin ver ni, ningún problema. I would que like todos there, calificaran. I would like for there to be amnesty for okay. everyone without any problems. I would like okay. everyone to qualify. Thank you. Next speaker, thank you. Hola, buenas noches. Mi nombre es Marcela. Tengo nueve años en este país. Soy de la comunidad de Tenderloin. Hello, good evening. My name is Marcela. I've been in this country for nine years. I'm from the Tenderloin community. Yo quiero, yo necesito, todos queremos, necesitamos, este... Una amnistía, pareja total, completa, para todos. I want, I need, we all want and need amnesty, total, complete amnesty for everyone. Uh, no me gusta y también me preocupa mucho la, la propuesta que hay sobre un sistema de puntos uh, so que hacen diferencia entre las personas profesionales o si fuese una persona que solo lava platos, hay distinción entre ellas. I, I do not like and I am worried about the point system that makes, uh, that distinguishes between professionals and say dishwashers. Y que igual es trabajador uno, un profesional como un lavatrastes. That is also a worker, both professionals and dishwashers are workers. Uh, también la familia también es la más importante para una unidad en la sociedad. And the, fami the family is the most important thing for a unified society. Uh, ahorita es muy difícil cuando unos, unos familiares están en otros, nuestros propios familiares están en otros países, no los podemos traer o no podemos salir hacia para ellos. It is very difficult when some of our family members are in other countries and we cannot bring them here or go to see them. Entonces, pues necesitamos todos una reforma justa para todas, todas, todas las familias. So we need a, form that will, a reform that will be fair for everyone, for everyone and all of their families. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good evening. I'm Bobby. I'm with La Voz Latina. I'm actually going to do this real quickly in English and then translate to Spanish so some folks in the audience can understand as well. Um, this is probably one of the hardest uh, commission hearings I've ever been to because it was the hardest commission to get people to talk. And I think the reason is that this is such a painful subject for people. It really opens up a lot of issues that people deal with that I'm documented. I've been documented thanks to the 86 
amnesty. And I never, as a very young child, I didn't experience what a lot of children experience or a lot of adults experience here in San Francisco. And so I think this is one of the most painful things to talk about. And when you ask people, do you want an amnesty? There's not a single person here who isn't, who doesn't want an amnesty. I mean, we're at a point of despair. You know, people are so anxious. There's, you know, there's raids in other parts of the, of the Bay Area. There's even raids here to a certain degree in San Francisco. People are really wanting an amnesty. But I think Cesar said it best when he said an amnesty without problems. And that's what we have here. We have an amnesty with problems. And I think that for us to support something that has so many different issues, when, especially when it comes to families, because we know that when it comes to immigration, there's a huge family backlog. But not just that. Family is one of the biggest keys in immigration in terms of legalizing people, that if we don't have a good system for families and we don't pass amendments before it's heard at the Senate floor um, and passed, that doesn't support reunifying grandparents, reunifying brothers and sisters. We're just going to create more and more dysfunctional families in San Francisco, and that's what we have right now. We have dysfunctionality with families complaining about work, housing, everything. And all these different er areas that we work with are affected by immigration. We work in housing, and I can't help but say this because I am in a forum in front of the Immigration Commission. We are dealing with federal law, but even here at the local level, we had a mayor's proposal that has no funding for immigrants, and not only that, does, haven't, does not have any funding for low-income housing and doesn't allow for immigrants to access housing because of Social Security numbers. So I feel like at, at some levels, I hope that we really think about this federal level because it's going to impact everything, but also locally reflect on the fact that we're not as progressive as we think we are. But thank you for your time and thank you for doing thank this. Thank you. Yeah. I, I actually would have a question for you. Sorry. No, uh, we have a question for we'll you. I have a question for you. Sorry. Come over here. Come I'm, over here. I'm come back. Come way. back. Come yeah, back. Come yeah. back. Um, I, I have just one quick question okay. for you. It sounds to me that you would be more satisfied with no bill than what you've been offered right now. And I want to ask you one question. Mm -hmm. If you get your wish, what exactly plans do you think are going to happen afterwards if we don't get comprehensive immigration form within the next short period? Well, I think that the situation right now is tough, and I think it's going to continue. But to think that we're going to have an increase in raids and things like that when it's already tough, it is already tough. You know what I mean? To not recognize that is one thing. But I do think that I'm not saying not support it. I'm just saying as it stands right now, I personally cannot morally support it because I know that even, even what Yolanda was saying with the head of household, you know, even for a week or two, so many things can happen, you know, and I, I, deal, I deal with amnesty, uh, the consulates. That's how I get all my paperwork in Mexico. And Jesus, if the American consulate in Mexico has to do people's immigration, that's frightening. Um, but, but my question, but is, your question is, is, what about the people that you spoke passionately about here coming to the mic this evening? When you walk out of this room and there's no comprehensive immigration, what about the people on the streets as of tomorrow that you spoke very passionately about? And I, believe me, I share your passion. I'm an immigrant myself, and I'm recipient of amnesty myself. My question to you is, what are you going to do for all the people in San Francisco who are not going to see immigration reform of any sort for the next 10 years? Well, let me ask you this, and I'm going to respond to your question directly. I think it's a hard way when you phrase it that way, because the reality is that this bill puts enforcement before legalization. So for us to automatically think that we're going to have a bill that's going to pave a road to legalization when it begins with enforcement, we're also assuming that we're going to have a bill that's going to allow for a mass legalization. The way the bill is written right now, I think there's so many problems in terms of legalization, and there's so many issues with the requisites. First of all, my concern is how many people are truly going to get legalized? 
Secondly, uh, uh, please, I, I understand. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Did Thank you very your much. Question? No, you did. Thank you. And I appreciate it. And I don't mean to get into bed. I, I do understand your point. Mm -hmm. I just didn't hear any answer to my question. There is no answer. Well, my answer is that there's still another opportunity to work on more bills. There is. I mean, you're. And I understand that. that. If we don't do it now, we'll never do it. I mean, there's 2009, and I know I don't want to wait because I see the families that are here, but I also know that if we pass a really bad bill right now, that could have further repercussions that work against the idea of having a legalization and an amnesty. We agree Thank to disagree. You. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nick. Are we willing to work on it, though? That's the we question. Are. We okay. are. Good. We Nick, are. Next Good. speaker. Thank next you. Next speaker. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Let me, let me just clarify that, that as we ask questions, those are questions that come to our mind as we think we, as we want to clarify points. Uh, this is not necessarily taking a position one way or the other at this point. All we want to make sure we have on the table is your points of view in asking you to clarify your points of view so that we can, when we have a debate, we're able to come to a, a resolution for, for recommendations. Yes, go on. Hello, yes, uh, my name is Roberto. I've been here for about 10 years. I crossed the line in 1996. And uh, I remember when I crossed the line, I was walking on the desert. Uh, I have a lot of dreams. I never thought about do any part to this country, to the people, because I have a lot of family here who is already a resident or a citizen. And when I crossed the line, I thought only to be successful in this country. So since the moment I stepped in this country, I've been working very, very hard, never getting anything from other people. Because of my job, I never see a white person or a citizen person who say, hey, what are you doing in my place? I wanna, are you doing my job? I want to take your place, and then you go, you go home. I never see anybody asking me to do what I'm doing and send me back home. I'm a mechanic. I service, I do service to the people. And I have a lot of customers. I have my own, my own shop. I have built my own, my own uh, business. I have two kids, and all the people I know, all my customers, they're very happy. I mean, I'm not saying that everybody is, is, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who does criminal things and all those things, but I think what is going on right now in the Congress is not what we're asking for. This is not what we're asking for, because I'm not here because I wanted to come here. I came here because... We used to grow corn on my, on my little town in Mexico. Right now, the, the, the little town is dead. The corn, if you, if you grow corn, you get nothing back. So what are the people going to do over there? Everybody is here working on the fields. Do you think we're here because we want to be here? Of course not. My father was in the hospital two weeks ago. I couldn't go back to see him in the hospital. And believe me, I wanted to go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Come on up.
Um, hello, commissioners. My name is Luis Sanchez, and I'm a student at UC Berkeley. I'm concerned in the education of my fellow immigrant youth. I have many friends like myself who have been going to college through AB 540, a bill made by late Marco Antonio Faraba. It is very hard for AB 540 students to graduate from college. First, they get no financial aid. Uh, second, there are very little scholarships out there for students who are undocumented. And many students struggle to pay for college and often lose hope and think their academic or professional dreams will never come true. Moreover, after graduation, it becomes complicated to look for a job because they don't have documents or social security number. And that's a requirement when you're applying for a job, especially if you are a professional. And moreover, after graduation, um, what I'm really advocating for, therefore, is um, on behalf of a, of a policy such as DREAM Act. However, um, I advocate for a policy that would give full residence rights to AB 540 students upon graduation, not wait eight years. A lot of them have been here all their lives, so waiting another eight years will be really unfair. And practically, most of them are Americans. A lot of them don't even speak their, even, their native languages, so what's the point? So that's what I... Um, I like, I'm glad you brought that up because that brings one of the provisions that has to do with students who have been here for a long time. What is that provision and what, it, what does the bill do for students? As I understand it, the bill does include the DREAM Act in the bill, but because of the, the how they have people processing, the DREAM Act students like the other people who are here without papers would have to wait until the family backlogs are cleared out, and that's going to take about eight years, they estimate. That's where he got the... For students who have been in this country since they're young. They okay. still have to go in back of the line. Okay. All right. Thank you. All what right. would what would work for you? What would work for uh, me? Yes. I would have to say uh, actually putting educated people in Congress and getting all those people who went to Yale and got only C's out of, out of office. Okay. Thank you. And you probably know what right. I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> Okay, next. Thank you, good evening, Commissioner. My name is Aurora Grajeda. In addition to representing myself, uh, two of my friends, Hatulu Berli, Juanita Villegas, and Alex Franco, both of our coalition, Primero de Mayo, my first coalition, which I am a member also, because not only as an immigrant, I cannot help but have to be involved uh, in activities regarding these issues and other issues. And I am also taking the opportunity to speak uh, to people, families that do not, do not come here. You ask them to come here and they are afraid to come because they don't have papers and they don't want to show their faces. They don't want to have people see that they are complaining. They don't have papers. They are terrorizing. That's terrorism, domestic terrorism. And, uh, you know, they are affected on a daily basis. And I am for comprehensive immigration reform. Therefore, I am not supporting this uh, proposal as it is, not in the Senate, not in Congress. I am an assiduous viewer of C-SPAN. I listen to the debate. I see those amendments. Trust me, this is not an immigration reform. This is a security bill. Security bill, uh, bill dressed up as an immigration reform bill. It is very 
uh, harmful to people. Now, what about these triggers? First, all the triggers have to be implemented and in action. That means the race they are going to continue. I hear comments out there saying, well, you know, you don't want this to, uh, to pass. We are being scared to say, if you do not support this in years, nothing will happen. For a minute, think, if they don't pass immigration reform this year, do you think the pressure is going to let up on those congressmen and the senators? Trust me, it will not. The pressure will increase to get an immigration reform. So this bill is bad. And if it's not passes, we can work on that one more. One of the things that we need to have on that immigration reform, that we can change this one. Yes, it can be done if the will and the good faith is in there, but I don't think there is good faith. Follow the money. Who's making the money? Who wants those uh, braceros? That's a bracero program. Disposable workers. That's what they want. they're talking about. That's what they are talking about. In good through conscience, I cannot support this bill. I want legalization. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you and, uh, so thank much. Thank you for calling uh, this hearing. Finally, some people here that there is an immigration right committee. Continue that, okay? I praise you. Thank you for your comments. Thank you. All right. I believe uh, the next speaker is sitting over here. Okay. No way I would have this benefit in Mexico if I go back. <laughs> sitting here having access, guys. Simple. Um, I'm all in favor of a fair immigration bill. There's no doubt. We need your name? Did you say your name? My name is Alicia Contreras. Okay. Like contrary as usual. And um, there's no way that we can be waiting for much longer for a bill to be signed. There is momentum, and the momentum is now. And there is never going to be the perfect bill. There is no going to be a one bill that is going to fit for every single person. And let's recognize that, of course, everything is against illegal people. So that is a fact. I do want a fair immigration bill, one that remembers that many immigrants have become disabled in this country while they were working illegally, and they are hitting the shadows. My question is, is there anything in this bill considering those people? Are they going to be able to, be, to stay in the country or are they going to be killed, kicked out of the country because they cannot work anymore doing what they used to do? I want to see that part in the bill. I want a bill that recognizes my relationship, 10 years with a partner who has a six years old who is beautiful. And she loves me and she told me two weeks ago, I want you to stay always with me. If my partner were a man, I would have the green card long time ago. So I have had to be very creative for six years, having first the J-1 visa, then three years with H-1B, my H-1B, and almost two years and a half. What is going to happen in this bill? Someone like me, I have been legal in this country because I am legal. I have no right to become a resident of the U.S.? That is my question. It's not clear to me if it's a penalty because I have been legal that I will not have the chance to become legal. You're actually right. That they really discriminate against people that have played by the rules and that have done everything that they do have done under the current law. Those people are penalized under this bill. And my last point also is I have been living with my whole family here in the States, calling my family, my partner, and the six years old, the stress of 
My visa is expiring. Is it fair to bring a six years old African American girl who doesn't speak Spanish to Mexico because this bill is not going to recognize me here as a possibility to stay? You may qualify under the points system, but nobody quite knows yet when that will go into effect and how it will work. Well, as the H-1B visa, I know that, you know, then I am attached to an employer as long as I have no, employment. No employers with the point system. You get points if you have a job offer. There's enough green cards for her, and I'm not sure there's enough in the bill. You have to look at the other issue to look at in the legalization is that um, there's a continuous employment requirement, but we'd have to look and see if there's an any exception. But she wouldn't that. qualify for the legalization because she was legal on January 1st, 07. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's only Could we recommend that you take her name and maybe give her a call during the week and maybe offer her something more firm than that? If, if it's probably a big question that you're asking right now. Yeah, we'll be know. happy to. Okay, thank you. Uh, yes. What about the labor certification process uh, from the two attorneys? Uh, did you hear me? Yeah, from the two attorneys? What about the labor certification process for her? <laughs> I forgot about that. That's toast. That's gone. There's a point system. There's no more of that process. And if you didn't file your I-140 by May 15, 2007, all those expensive ads you ran in the Chronicle are now worthless. Okay. Uh, next speaker, please. Thank you, Madam Chair uh, and persons of the audience. My name is Nelson. I'm a recent graduate of San Francisco's Lowell High School, a current student at City College of San Francisco, and I've been in San Francisco since I was five. Now, aside from being the typical Asian student aspiring to major in electrical engineering, my family and I also have to cope with the fact that, under federal law, I am an illegal alien because my temporary visa expired years ago. Despite the fact that my sister and mother, respectively, have citizenship and permanent residence, it would still take 11 years for my sister to be able to sponsor me for legal residence. And during these few years, without any change to current legislation, the only thing I can do is sit here and wait. Certainly, I will continue to work hard in school and study my way to a bachelor's degree, but what about contributing to the community and to my family? Without legal status, I am unable to help support my family financially. Without a social security number, I am barred from applying for a multitude of financial aids, grants, loans, scholarships, and jobs. At the same time, the lack of a social security number has also kept me from pursuing my passion, teaching. In my 14 years here as a student of California's public education system, seven of them have frustrated me the most. To me, the time to prepare teens for college should start in middle school, and their teachers should be there to motivate and guide them to succeed through their peer college years. Unfortunately, some of my elementary school friends have experienced the opposite, and now must deal with the repercussions of falling through the cracks of a broken education system. Believe me when I say that I want to help fix this. Believe me when I say that I want to help curb the 30% dropout rate in California. But try as I may, without a social security number, I have been caught by the trappings of yet another broken system, the immigration system. Despite my willingness to contribute, the fact that I lack legal documentation prevents me from volunteering to help the students at San Francisco's public, middle, and high schools, and it bars me from participating in AmeriCorps and their volunteer work in educating the nation's youth. So please, let me help the community. Please reform the immigration laws so that I may contribute to my family and to the future of this state and nation. Thank you.
Thank you, Nelson. And thank you for coming out last week and speaking at the press too as well. We appreciate that. Next speaker. Thank you. My name is Stella Ng. I'm from Chinese for Affirmative Action. Just hearing all the stories, just the emotional stress that comes with this, this debate me, makes me like stutter and speechless. Um, but I'm going to try to make it through Stella, the two I'm minutes. Gonna, uh, Stella, I'm going to interrupt you a little bit because I'm, I'm wondering how many of these people who are still standing. I, I know. I, I oh. have, I'm limited to two minutes. No, Thank no, no. You. I'm wondering how many of the people who are still standing are people who will be affected by the bill because those are the people that we wanted to take first before the advocates in the community. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. How many people on cuánta gente ahí hay gente que va a ser afectada por el por la legislación? Okay. Okay. Come on. Hello. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about people who have no papers in this country and are, are looking at this bill either as a bad deal or as something really good. Okay. Yes, uh, uh, good afternoon. Thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to speak out. Uh, I think that's the only right I have right now just to speak out and let you know my situation. Okay. Uh, I came to this country. ¿Cómo se llama? My name is Jose Antonio Avila Caballero. I came to this country uh, 22 years ago when I was 20 with a dream of uh, prosperity like uh, anybody else came in here. And um, certainly worked hard and through the years um, I got married, I had two kids and um, I bought my first property like uh, probably 12 years ago. After a few years later, I started my own business. And um, last year, I bought a beautiful house. And I've been uh, trying to set up my, uh, my legal situation. Uh, and I spent a lot of money on, on lawyers. And uh, finally, I came to the end, uh, end road. <coughs> right now, I received this letter. It's a deportation letter. I had to leave the country. Uh, this coming uh, this coming Monday is my my last day to stay here, and uh, I feel I feel um, I feel like uh, under German Nazi right now because uh, it's been years of sacrifice, hard work, raising my kids, uh, believing in the values of uh, honesty, integrity, and truth. That's the, the way they're driving my life. I'm also a leader of a, of a church of God in San Leandro. And I work with a, all my life uh, through uh, the church also. And I threw my head uh, around to see somebody can help me. Because I, I feel like an uh, injustice. And, this, and a lot of people in my situation are going through this and probably... I uh, feel helpless like I do, and that's the reason I came over here tonight, like taking my last stand. Uh, like I say, this uh, letter is uh, for me to leave the country this coming Monday, and I don't know if uh, they and the Congress, they've been talking about, uh, I know they've been talking about being deported to criminals, 
and people with a criminal record. I don't have no criminal record at all. Um, but I heard that they also go behind the people that doesn't have no criminal record. Uh, my kids, they, they're really going through really hard times right now. Uh, I don't know how to explain them this. It's hard for them to understand. But uh, I came here because I believe this. I believe in this country. I love this country, and I have to explain my kids. This country is based on on, on justice, and things like that happen. But uh, I hope people in the Congress uh, making the right decisions because now now we all now we all are criminals. Now we all came here to lose our time. I think that we came to work for this country and to make things better for everybody. And like I say to my friends, if, you, if uh, the people get license, driver license, they're going to buy cars. Market is stuck on the, on, the, on the houses right now. They can sell the houses. Let the people buy the houses. They will buy the houses too. And, but I'm here. I'm here to... to to make my last stand in this country to speak for help. Uh, I hope that, you know, somebody can help me tonight. Uh, this, uh, the way that the things are right now, really, really, really bad for me. Really, really bad. And I, I don't feel shame. I don't feel bad because I think I haven't done anything wrong. By drink and follow, you know, my drink and fight for that drink and work for that drink. But um, I was in on a telephone conference last week or this week, and people with final deportation orders would generally not be eligible under the Senate bill. However, there is a waiver, according to one lawyer, that it's an extreme hardship waiver, which to me sounds like you would be able to get <laughs> just based on. Could you know if I don't I don't know I don't do deportation, so I don't want to ask you a lot about your case, but. If you haven't been denied, the, normally the waiver that's in deportation is a higher standard than extreme hardship. So there is some hope <laughs> that it has to happen soon. Um, so whether that it be you, um, then your information. Dan, if you could help on that. Can, 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 you, can yeah. you help them exchange information and uh, maybe we can... Thank you, Thank you for coming this evening. Very powerful testimony. Thank you. Okay, the next speaker that is being affected, that would be affected by this bill, one way or the other. Hi, my name is Ferdy. Um, I've been living here for uh, eight years. I came here uh, on a vacation, and I like the place, and I stay. Um, I've got a normal job. Work in construction, get up every morning, go home every evening, and do the things that um, any person, any normal person here that does. Like the gentleman before me, I love the country, and it's, it's a great country. I want to live the American dream, but that because of, of my situation. If we could get a chance to become, become legal, we would be able to do the normal things like buy a house, and when we buy a house, we will be able to pay our taxes, pay property taxes. We don't want anything for free. We, we just get up in the morning, go do our work, 
it's um, under the current rules we can't do that. We can't apply for credit. We can't uh, can't go home to see our families. And um, you know, like most of the most of the people in this country have descended from from people who who were in our position at one time. Um, even some of the great political leaders have been descendants from people like us who came here. I don't think any of the 12 million people here are looking for anything free. We come here, we want to work, we want to uh, just live the American dream. Thank uh, you. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. I have just one question. I, I actually wrote some questions here, and I'm kind of, you know, to my own community because I, I think they, they probably... If this bill fails yet, and we don't have comprehensive immigration reform, and it takes another four to ten years to get something. What does it mean to you? And I think it's very important that we need to understand what it means to the people if there is no form of immigration very immediately. Um, like Olive before me, it's, I, 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 I think that I would want to stay. And, and you know, I can't imagine going home because for me to go back home, would be just as difficult to adjust as of what it was when I left home first. Um, I think Christmas is going to be a time when a lot of people in my situation, if this doesn't happen, are going to start seriously thinking about going home. And that's a lot of our community, which has been... There's a lot of history of Irish people in this city and in this country, and I think a lot of that is going to change unless this bill goes through. Thanks for your comments. Thank you. Thank you. As, okay, and as I had promised, I'm going to go through the cards and the people who gave cards. You might have already spoken because I can't remember everybody's name. Marianne Vitturo, are you here? These are the people who. And it's. Uh, why don't we just just go through the? We asked them everybody to fill out cards. Uh, why don't you go ahead? What? Why don't you go ahead? I, I, I only, I'm calling the people who gave right. us cards because I asked everybody to fill out a card, and we prioritize the folks that are going to be affected by the legislation. So when I will call your names, and I and actually I'll call several names so in case you want to line up. Juana Villegas, if you haven't spoken, uh, Ana Perez, if Guillen um, Gao. Um, Yolanda Cabrasco, Olive I know spoke already, Porfirio Quintero, Quintero. Uh, you can stand in line, Ramon Cardona, Alec Kaplan, Manju Liang, Dylan McCone, uh, Miguel Robles, Selena, uh, Celine Kennelly. Okay, uh, you can, uh, you're after her, please stand in line. Roberto Ibarra, Alicia Contreras. If you've already spoken, obviously, you can't speak again. Tim, uh, Tim Paulson already spoke. Christopher Martinez, Joanne Gormley, uh, Louis Gillian, Gustavo Gonzalez, Kinan Buckley, Andrea Luna, Lucinda Gutierrez, Jose Sandoval, Luis de Jesus, Larisa Casillas, Alex Franco, Gregorio Diaz, Maria Guillén, Carlos Martinez, 
Emil Quisada, Lupe Arreola, and Dirion Sell. So that, those are the people that I have here. And after those people, everybody else who wants to speak and line up uh, and be a part of the, conversa the dialogue. Yes. Yes, please. Right. Uh, my name is Mariana Viturro. I, uh, I work at St. Peter's Housing Committee. Um, one of our members spoke earlier about his personal experience of, of immigration. Uh, our organization serves uh, mostly working class Latino immigrants, a majority of whom are um, undocumented and have been terrorized by the, the recent IC raids um, across the country, but also the increased IC presence in San Francisco. We have, due to that, we have been participating with the mayor's efforts to create uh, a true sanctuary city um, in San Francisco, uh, ensuring that the, all city departments are in compliance with sanctuary and have services accessible uh, to immigrants regardless of their immigration status. Um, I think as a sanctuary city, it's really important that we voice a strong opposition against this proposal that's being framed as a comprehensive immigration reform, but it's actually, I would say, an immigration deform similar to the uh, welfare reform back in the 90s. Um, there is nothing in this bill that will actually give the 12 million undocumented immigrants legalization. There is a bunch of triggers, a bunch of requirements, fines that people have to pay in order to be able to even apply for the temporary non-immigrant visa. Plus, with the increased enforcement, you have the detention centers, militarization of the border, and for all those who can, are going to be undocumented are going to continue to fear uh, raids uh, and, and getting deportation orders, um, even if this bill uh, passes. Um, and the only, I think, uh, immigration, the only path to immigration is through the guest worker program, um, which will deny workers their rights, any form of benefit, and any ability to become uh, residents. Thank you for your comments. Thank you. Do you want to do it now? Um, either place. Uh, you can do it from there. Uh, that's uh, Susan. Uh, no, that's Susan. Okay, Judy. Thank Judy, you. please. Thank you so much, and thank you for the opportunity to provide some expert something here. I'm Judy Golub. I'm the executive director of the Immigrant Legal Resource Center. I'm happy to be here to talk about a very, very important issue for all of us. We're here to talk about the so-called Grand Bargain, the Secure Borders Economic Opportunity Immigration Reform Act of 2007. We talked earlier about the vote that was going to happen. Today the vote did happen. The, um, the cloture vote failed, which means the debate will not continue, um, and the bill has been pulled. Now, what may happen now is that um, Senator Reid will take it back and perhaps We'll go on to other bills, but I suspect that behind the scenes that senators will be working to see if they can bring the bill back. Um, and that would involve, I guess, both sides compromising or, uh, or doing something to allow the, the bill to go forward. That may not happen, but I think that's li my view is the people who got the bill to the floor, for them, they've worked so hard they will try to figure out a way to get it to the floor again, but we don't know that. 
But in any case, what we have is a roadmap of the kind of issues that will be continued to be brought up if the bill is pursued in this session or in, in, in a later period of time. And I think we talked about some of those issues here, and I want to bring them up. If we want a good immigration reform, what, what are we looking at? Something that will legalize the people who are here, something that will have a worker program through which people can adjust, they can bring their family, have full labor rights, and um, work for the employers they choose. We're also looking at a bill that will reduce the backlog in family-based immigration, not get rid of immigration. I think the people who spoke before talked about the challenging parts of the bill. One, is a legalization program good enough? Two, what about family um, reunification? What does the bill, this bill or another bill do on that? Three, a worker program. What does that program need to look like? Four, a point system. This bill has for the first time a point system. What do we think about that? Now, let me just end by saying, if they proceed with the bill, I think San Francisco needs to be ready for that if a bill passes. If they don't proceed with the bill and nothing happens, we're not going to be able to have reform until 2009 at the earliest. I suspect that there will be enhanced enforcement efforts. What will the city do about that? So thank you for that. Thank you very much. Anna? Thank you, Judy. who are hanging in here and still listening to us. It really means a lot. And I really appreciate it having people who are first impacted first. And uh, I am impacted. And I decided to wait because I wanted to hear the people who were first impacted. Half my family is here without documents. And already, at least two of my aunts and uncles and cousins have called me to say, if I get deported, would you take my child? You know, and so families who are here who have documents and have families who are undocumented are going to have to brunt the cost and the, and the responsibility of dealing with children who are U.S. citizens. So it is breaking families apart. I also want to share my own story because I became legalized through the amnesty program. I came here as a 12-year-old girl. I crossed the border illegally in the trunk of a car. I risked my life and my, my, brother's, my brother's life, my mother's life to get here. And because of amnesty, which you know, led for, to thousands and thousands of families across the, the, the U.S. to become documented, I was able to go to school. If my family was, was have faced with this, this reform bill, comprehensive reform bill, which there's nothing really about reform in there, my family would never be able to apply because she, my mother was a single parent living under $15,000 a year. To pay a $5,000 fee per family member would mean that their, her whole annual salary would go to pay for these fees. So what are we talking about? And I think that we've heard from immigrants who come here and have other advantages, immigrants who speak English, who can you know, assimilate more quickly into U.S. society, who earn better wages. We need to be able to account for both those folks and the working class folks that we work with. I am the executive director of Caresen. We serve 12,000 immigrants. We're going to be impacted because already we're seeing 20, 30 clients at our doors. City funding for immigrant groups is not enough. You know, this may, the, the uh, budget that the mayor just put forward has no funding for immigrants. The supervisors have passed a number of, of ordinances that support immigrants, yet when we're talking about the things that this commission can impact, what we need is funding to be able to support immigrants to transition into this country, to support legal services for immigrants, you know, whether this bill goes forward or not. So I really encourage you to please take leadership on the things that you can impact. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Thank you very much. Um, the, um, the next person is uh, Celine.
Good evening, Madam Chair and Commissioners. Uh, my name is Celine Kennelly and I work for the Irish Immigration Pastoral Centre. Um, I also work with the Justice for Immigrants campaign from the US Catholic Conference of Bishops and the Irish Lobby for Immigration Reform. Uh, there are some 4,000 undocumented immigrants, Irish immigrants in the Bay Area and 50,000 undocumented Irish immigrants across the United States. And as we are facing a failed cloture vote in the Senate, we are still of the, of the mindset that this is better than nothing. This, we have no alternative if this bill dies. What are we going to do? What am I going to tell 4,000 undocumented immigrants? You know what? Sorry, I didn't think it was a good idea, and you're now stuck here for the next four to ten years. That's not something that I can turn around and honestly say to my community. What I can say is we have a tough battle ahead of us. We have a long road to go. There is a bill on the floor. It's a good bill. It's not a perfect bill. It doesn't help everybody. It doesn't help everybody in my community, just like it doesn't help everybody in a lot of other communities. But it's a starting point. And I think that we really are doing a disservice to the undocumented immigrants. Most of us who are now getting up to speak are not undocumented. We're not living with this on a daily basis. We're dealing with people that are. And I think we do a disservice if we say, kill this bill, get rid of it. That's not the answer. This bill is a vehicle to getting a better bill. And the more work that we do to, to get amendments filed and to, to work on our congressional representatives to come up and step up to the plate and really, really do something for immigrants, that's what this is about. That's what our lives should be about. Once this bill comes out of the Senate, and I truly believe that it will, I believe that there is enough goodwill on both sides of the House to go back to work on this further and to get it back on the floor, to vote on it and to get it out. There is enough goodwill in the House to do something similar in, 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 in that office and to get it before a congressional committee where we get something. I really don't think that the undocumented people in my community are going to be able to survive for another four to ten years facing what they are currently facing. The commitment has been made. There is a ten-year plan for increased enforcement. It's going to be raid after raid after raid, deportation after deportation after deportation. The best that we can do is work on getting a better bill out of the Senate, out of the House, and out of Congress as a whole. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Lupita. Thank you, uh, Chairman Lara, and I just want to take uh, this opportunity to speak as a member of the Latino community. My name is Lupita Figueredo, and I do think that this is a great hearing, and it's good, but it is just a glimpse. It really doesn't show the horror, the fear, the discrimination that immigrants face every day. And many of us who have papers really, really don't live every day in that horrible situation. And so what I would like to ask this commission which is the commission of one of the most important and progressive cities, is to be on the forefront. This is good, but what I want to say of the commission of San Francisco, the Immigrant Rights Commission, it's to, to take a strong stand. And my question for you, with a lot of, a lot of respect, because you are immigrants too and you do this great job, is are you going to take a stronger stand? Are you going to ask the Human Rights Commission to study one of the many cases that were presented here and the many cases that we're never going to hear because people are not going to be able to tell their stories? Are you going to ask the mayor and the supervisors to reflect 
sanctuary city and to reflect, reflect support for immigrants in the budget. The nonprofit organizations that work with immigrants need money to work with them. Are you going to take a stand to tell the Chronicle and the Examiner and all the newspapers that didn't come today to cover this important story to do it? They chase the mayor and they chase the supervisors when they do get into scandals. Why aren't they here? Chinese media was here. Spanish media was here. And that's why the immigrant communities are way, way above us in this, in this debate. They know way a lot more than us. The mainstream English-speaking community is behind, even in San Francisco, the progressive city. And so I do think you have a great opportunity in this historical moment, in this critical moment, to bring up all your experiences as members of this commission and as an immigrant and to really not be afraid to take a stronger stand and let anybody else be upset at you as a commission. But that's what we want to see because we need leadership. We really need to see people that really, really do something for immigrants, not just leave service, not just diplomacy, and it's not about any of us. It's about the people whose lives are going to be ripped off, as someone said before, because we do foresee raid after raid. And then the discrimination and the second-class citizen treatment that you get when you are an, an immigrant. Thank you very much for this. Thank you. Thank you. Lupita, sorry. Lupita? Any questions? Judy about this. The enforcement is a big concern of mine. I think we're, you know, this is a new way of, as a sanctuary city and as somebody who represents Supervisor Sandoval's office, um, how real is that sanctuary city? I mean, what really can the mayor, and, and I want to pay tribute to the mayor because I believe he has done everything and he's thrown a lot of weight behind his office to, to do what he can, but how real is this sanctuary city with respect to the possible raids that are going to happen? Well, the ordinance is very well written. I must say that according, and this is not an opinion, it is a fact, according to the INS, former INS, or immigration authorities, San Francisco is right on the line of acceptable behavior, behavior towards immigration authorities, meaning they did a study nationwide, and they did a report, and San Francisco complies with uh, immigration authorities, but almost just you know, just to pass the test, which is very good for San Francisco. I do say, and, and again, this is not an opinion, it's a fact, that in general, the police department, the sheriff's department, and many other departments uh, do conduct um, and do try to comply with Sanctuary City. However, there are a few glimpses that it, it, it will need a further explanation. I will ask you to ask, as a commission, the department heads to come here and tell you what the protocols are and to let other, peoples to, other people from organizations to question them too. That would be a great step. And one more thing. This is what I have in... According to my sources in our office, the government is giving this year $140,000 to San Francisco for homeland security. And that's how the federal government, government wants to protect. Another thing. The San Francisco Sheriff Department gets very little money when they lease the Yales and the correctional facilities in the county to house the people who are going to be deported. So one question is, 
And I think that's where it will require to work with the sheriff's department. Perhaps you can tell the sheriff's department, well, tell the federal government that you, you don't need that money. They can take it. In other words, there are viable, feasible, practical measures that can be taken, but we need the commission or a stronger group or institution to take a, st a, st a strong stand. Thank you, Lupita. You're welcome. Redmond, lines, Redmond. Okay. Estella, and. I am Stella from Chinese for Affirmative Action. Uh, we have served the immigrant community for 38 years, and we strongly oppose SB 1348, one, because it drastically cuts family reunification. Um, my family, we've come here painfully in the last 20 years, one at a time, and I still have relatives that are in China, and they will not be able to come if this immigration reform policy passes. 56% of APAs arrive to the U.S. by family petition, and they'll be greatly affected. We also oppose this because of the point system and the Inhofe Amendment, because it would implement an English language requirement and an English-only policy. This really disregards and devalues all the contributions of English learners like my parents who are garment workers and restaurant workers for 20, 25 years of their life. Um, also, the inaccessible legalization path that would, that's so complicated already, it would just get more complex. It would cause us community organizations to have to translate materials, to have to teach and help our community members before their tourist visa, their student visa expires, and they become undocumented and criminalized also. Also, my, um, the last thing I want to say is that a lot of the leaders in the community um, in the 70s had said to us that they saw their elders, our elders, in the 70s, old Chinese railroad workers die alone in San Francisco, Chinatown. They died alone with no family, no community. They died in the parks. And why did they die? Our youth asked, why did our elders die that way? Because of rash and racist immigration policy. And 100 years later, after the Chinese Exclusion Act, now it's not the Chinese, it's the Latinos that are being criminalized. And what we want to see from our leaders is we want to see them really involve our communities. We're 27% of California, and we make this state a thriving, vibrant state. We want to see them include us as key stakeholders, as equal stakeholders in the policy debate. We want progress after 100 years and equal rights for immigrants. We want to see ourselves not as economic units. My mother is more than just a garment worker. We have family, and we have a right to legalize here. Thank you. Thank you, Stella. Thank you for your comments. Olive. Olive uh, Gwen. Are you Olive? She spoke already. She okay, spoke I guess I, I have two I gotta leave. Her. Could you let me speak now? Are you I, Grasshopper? I, I am. Okay, you are next. Well, good. Okay. Here I am. My name is Grasshopper Alec Kaplan. That will be legal in two weeks, June 21st, on the solstice. Right now, my name is Alec Kaplan. I was born in Moscow, Russia, Oleg Yuryevich, Senekosov, 1970. 
March 5th. English is my third but only language. I am a candidate. In fact, I am the next mayor of San Francisco. And to me, all this talk about people paying $5,000 to get legalized is a big pile of poo. I can't even believe I'm hearing this in San Francisco. You can't charge people $5,000 to become legal human beings. Are you kidding? Are you out of your minds? What are you thinking? What are you talking about? Nobody is illegal. Amnesty for all. It's a fluke that I'm a citizen. My mother had multiple nervous breakdowns. I don't know how she managed to make me one. I grew up in a bunch of foster homes. I went through hell. I see people going through hell here every day being illegal. I'm barely treated legally, and I still know how it feels. I can't imagine how it is for people who really are undocumented and really have to work the, these awful jobs nobody else wants. Like the guy said, I don't see anybody coming over here telling me, get out of the way so I can do your job. That's not happening. So, so this thing, you know, you guys are you're just playing games here. You know, you've you got to make everybody legal. Nobody is illegal. Everybody is legal. You have to have amnesty for all people. There is no other way else, like the guy said, he talked about Nazi Germany. That's what you're doing here. We can't have that in San Francisco. This is a city of tolerance and diversity. And if we make people illegal, we're hurting ourselves financially. We're cutting off our own legs. Why would we want to do such a thing? It's idiotic. It makes no sense at all. I, you know, most of what I heard tonight, you're like, well, we'll, we'll give these kids three points and the, their brothers two and a half and split someone into three-fifths of a person. Didn't we go down this road when, you know, 200 years ago, didn't we find out it was a bad idea to have people be less than full human beings? Next speaker, thank uh, you. Paul uh, Kenny. Paul? Are you Paul? No, I'm Larissa Casillas. Oh, you were one of those cards that I called that. Did you? I didn't hear. I didn't hear. So <laughs> sure. I just thought I'd come. Well, I'm sorry. Is there a Paul? Because otherwise, that card. Larissa, go ahead. So, um, good evening. I'm Larissa Casillas. I work for the Bay Area Immigrant Rights Coalition. We're a regional coalition comprised of 50 organizations um, and individuals working to build a unified voice for immigrant rights that transforms and improves the lives of immigrants. On behalf of Barrick, I just want to thank the commission for having this hearing, and I especially um, uh, like that immigrants were able to come forward and speak to their um, own particular situations. I should also say that the Bay Area Immigrant Rights Coalition is a member of the San Francisco Immigrant Legal and Education Network, which is a city-funded network to increase legal services for immigrants here in San Francisco. And it was funded last year in light of the immigration reform debate that took place last year right after the marches. I wanted to um, just say that, you know, immigration reform isn't just about legalization, and I know that everyone knows that, but I've just been hearing legalization, legalization. And if the legalization piece in this bill was the only piece that was of concern to us, we would probably support it. We might work to, quote unquote, improve the bill. However, the Senate Bill 1348, um, it isn't, it's not just the legalization piece that's problematic. It's the point system. It's eliminating the family-based immigration system. It's the guest worker provision that doesn't allow guest workers, if they want to be able to stay here and become legal permanent residents, to do so. It's the erosion of due process rights for immigrants. And let me just be really clear, when immigrants don't have due process rights, that really threatens all of us. 
Um, so we are opposed to this bill, not just because of the legalization piece, but because of, of the package. And if we had started this discussion at the middle of the road, then maybe there might have been some opportunity for us to improve the bill somewhat. But as, as the weeks or as the days have gone by and the debate has gone in the Senate, you will know that it's actually gone farther to the right and much more um, punitive towards immigrants and specifically low-income immigrants. And so um, just to speak to that issue, we are opposed to S1348, and we're going to work to ensure that, you know, it doesn't move forward in the way, the way that it looked um, earlier today. Clarissa, let me ask you a question, because um, obviously there's, there are a lot of folks that um, believe what you believe and are in Washington and are, are um, negotiating on this bill. And I think some of these provisions were left in because some people wanted certain things in the bill and then they allowed other things to stay in. I mean, are you familiar with what – because I remember that one of the things that um, – that uh, surprised me was that the, the fact that, uh, that they, the uh, amnesty provisions would cover everybody up to January of this year. And I had heard that from one of our allies in, in terms of people who, who care about immigrants. And so I'm wondering if when we got in getting this, we gave up some other things. Yeah, we um, started at the negotiating table giving up a lot. So, you know, and that was, you know, really I think that we're all acting out on, on fear. You know, immigrants are fearful. I think a lot of us as advocates are fearful. Certainly our elected officials in Washington, D.C. are very fearful. So when the negotiation started, we, had, we, we didn't come to the negotiating table with all of our wishes. We weren't represented with all of our wishes, hopes, and dreams. There, it was, you know, less than half of our wishes, hopes, and dreams were at the negotiating table. So I feel like, and, and also, you know, God bless all of the D.C.-based groups that are trying to negotiate this bill, but there was no... Um, coming back to organizations like BERC or organizations like the ones that you've heard from today, you would be hard-pressed to find an organization outside of D.C. that was happy with this bill. Okay. There's no, no coming back and actually hearing from the community, which is what you guys did today. And, you know, my colleague has been doing presentations and explaining the bill as far as Stockton. And every time, you know, she explains the bill, she goes through it, people, immigrants who have been undocumented here for 10, 15, 20 years, own homes, you know, have kids who are born here, say, you know what, right now it's really, really bad, but this is going to make it worse. And they're asking us to oppose the bill and to work against it. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Paul. Uh, my name is Paul. I've lived here for the last seven years. And I'd just like to, uh, to comment on a few things about, um, you know, opposement to this bill. Recently in, uh, in Ireland there was a, an immigration lobby in Dublin, the capital of Ireland. And uh, on the way home from it, my mother called me, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning here. It went on really long. And she was crying on the phone with the hope that we would get the ability to travel. Like, I've lived here for seven years. We're not here to vandalize, to rob, steal, beg, nothing. We work hard. So just for anybody that, you know, that's against this or, you know, that's not in favor of it, Think of our families that can't travel to see us. Think of us, like, 
we're happy to take whatever the house is willing to give us and work from that. We've worked so hard to get to where we are now. I just want them to push it and keep going and sit down and go back to the tables and try and get everybody on the one side. I know there's a lot of ins and outs and a lot of things that you guys have to deal with. But just think of the people that have made their lives, homes, families here. It's not fair because we contribute to this country as much as any American citizen. And we just want to have that title the same as everybody else. Thank you. Thank you. Are you going to go home, Paul, if you can't get comprehensive, if you can't get some form of travel and a right to work here? I probably won't, Angus. I probably will be breaking the law. I probably will be driving a car uninsured. I've had a driver's license for the last seven years since I get here. It expires next year. Uh, when that goes, I don't really intend to change my ways. And, you know, it'll turn my whole life upside down. I'm, I'm getting married here in October. I can't even go home for a honeymoon. Most of my family can't even afford to travel. It would be nice to be able to go home. But we're stuck with the choice. If we go home, it's our lives or one day. So we chose. Just one last question. There is this kind of idea that if you're illegal, that you probably don't pay your share. You don't, you know, would you be a productive citizen? Would, can you tell me what's in it for America to legalize you tomorrow morning? What's in it for them? Well, I've worked for a company, Angus, for the last five years, five and a half years. And I worked for two previous to that where I wasn't paying any taxes. But for the last five years, and it's a really decent company, I pay my taxes every two weeks and at the end of every year I give whatever I'm, whatever the tax man tells me that I owe, I've paid it because, and the reason why I did that is because I knew that this day was going to come someday and it's so close lads, keep pushing it and please, for the likes of us, just please push it, keep pushing it, don't forget about us. Thanks Paul. Thank you. The last card I have here is from Sana, Susana Bogue and uh, our other expert attorney. <laughs> Thank you, Commissioners. Um, I'm really glad that you did do this today. I think it's great that so many people spoke up out of the shadows and told their stories, um, which were truly heartbreaking. Um, obviously, I'm in favor of this bill. It's not a perfect bill. Um, I don't think we're going to get a perfect bill with this Congress that we have today. They don't listen to the people that they represent. I've been in Feinstein's office and I've been in Boxer's office twice this week, Feinstein's last week, and they don't represent the people on this earth. <laughs> I don't know who they represent, but they don't represent us. Um, but they've done a job. They've got something there that's going to give people the right to work and travel within six months of its passing. There's a lot of things that are wrong with it. There's a lot of things that, that will need to be fixed later if this Congress can't get it together to do the right job the first time. But we've got time to work on it. Once people are legal, they'll work their way to become a citizen, and their votes will count, and hopefully we can get rid of these ones that are ineffective and useless, and we can work from there and fix the things that are wrong. Thank you. Uh, is that it? Oh, you got it. That's pretty much it. I, I don't want to go into all the things I think are wrong because we'll be here all night. So. Okay. Um, so well, I, I hope you've uh, hopefully. Okay, somebody who didn't give me a card, come on up. Good 
Okay, thanks for your patience. I had my card with you. Uh, actually, if there's anybody else who wants to say one last thing, uh, come up because obviously, as, as, okay, go ahead. I'll be very brief. My name's Heather Robert Kaufman. I'm a private immigration attorney focusing on deportation defense. I'm also the co-chair of the Immigration Committee of the National Lawyers Guild for the Bay Area Chapter. And I know we've had a lot of conversations about the, the real, um, the personal impact that this, that this potential reform would have, but I just wanted to focus on some of the real problems I think there are from a legal perspective, particularly where it comes to the ero erosion of due process rights, not just for people who are here without documentation, who, is, who have always felt very targeted and very vulnerable, but for people who are current lawful permanent residents who have certain types of criminal convictions where at the time that they pled or were convicted were not grounds for deportation, which could become grounds for deportation, and there are no guarantees to any kind of review in the courts or even within the immigration courts for some of these things. The new types of evidence that would be admissible against people to be put in deportation proceedings are really frightening for someone speaking as someone who swore to uphold due process rights, it's very disturbing to me that this is something that's part of a package. And I know that we're looking at don't let the good be the enemy of the, per excuse me, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, but I also think we need to look a little bit, we need to figure out a way to broaden that horizon and the box to make it that this isn't the only thing we're looking at. Because if this is the zero-sum game at this point, our position, at least from the progressive attorney's bar at this point, looking at this immigration reform, is to say, no, thank you now. We'd rather come back with different choices later on. The increased militarization of the border, the erosion of due process rights, guilt by association for alleged gang members. There are just too many really scary provisions for people, again, potential lawful permanent residents, as well as people without documentation, that it's a real concern for us, and that's our position at this point. Thank you. Thank you. Next. Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Luke Gilligan. Um, I'm an immigrant. Uh, I came here 16 years ago and uh, love San Francisco. It's a great city. Um, no one's really spoken tonight about uh, the, the input we have into the community here as, as immigrants. Um, we're a really, really hard-working group of people. All we want to do is work hard, get on with our lives, be successful, and put back into the community what the community gives to us. We're, you know, the, the Irish community here is, is, is it's a wonderful community, and to see the last couple of years, to see the amount of people that have left San Francisco um, that's affecting our small community, um, it's it's... It's stunning to, to go to the football games and, and, and see uh, teams disappearing or teams amalgamating. You know, it, it's our community. And um, there's a bill there. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's a stepping stone to something um, that could benefit us all, all communities, the Hispanic, the Irish, the Asian communities. Um, so I, I would love if the commission would, would, would support it or do their best to, to, to try and push it along. And I think it needs a little push at this point. It seems to be stuck. Um, but, but do your best. And um, we really appreciate our being able to, to, to speak here tonight. Thank you very, very much. Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Bart Murphy. 
Uh, I've been involved with the Irish lobby for immigration reform as well as other speakers here tonight. I'd like to uh, thank Commissioner McCarthy and all the other commissioners here and, and the entire commission for, for having this hearing tonight. And I would urge you later in the summer, if, if this uh, bill is resuscitated in the Senate and if a companion bill starts making its way through the House, that you hold another hearing, uh, perhaps in September, if it's making its way through the House, to, uh, to, to take another look at this. Uh, I, I think it will be interesting to see if, if the bill survives in the Senate uh, where a House bill will be, and, and it will be interesting to take another snapshot in time uh, then and, and, and invite the immigrants again. I think it was very good to hear from the immigrants here. Uh, everyone who spoke tonight is well-meaning, well-meaning whether people are in favor of this or, or they're not in favor of it, but we will have to answer uh, to the 12 million-plus uh, out-of-status immigrants in America if we do not pass comprehensive immigration reform. Uh, San Francisco is one speck. We have our own way of looking at the world here, and we have to remind ourselves that that's not the way that the rest of this country thinks, and the chances of, of having a better bill or a more perfect bill in the next 10 years, according to Senator Teddy Kennedy, uh, are very slim, and he said, in fact, there's zero. Teddy Kennedy wrote the bill in 1965, which which brought a about a lot of the family reunification rules that many people emigrated here and, and had their families join them. And Teddy Kennedy is a proponent of this bill, uh, and I, I, I put a lot of credence in the fact that if, if he's able to swallow hard on a lot of things that he would not support in order to pass comprehensive immigration reform, uh, that uh, we, we need to follow his lead on the issue. And, and just be cognizant of the fact that if we're opposed to this, there, and if we don't have an alternative or an alternative that has a chance of passing in America, as opposed to San Francisco, in America, in the American Senate, in the American Congress, then we leave a lot to answer to the 12 million out-of-status people here over the next 10 years. So thank you very much for the opportunity, and I look forward to being back here again in the autumn to take another uh, look at, at this and providing you with the opportunity to form policy to uh, advise your colleagues here within the city. Thanks. Um, just one question. Sorry. Thank you, Bart. You've been a great pioneer, trailblazer in the whole comprehensive immigration reform. Just one thing. Why do you think we're in the mess that we're in today here? I mean, everybody wants everybody to correct it. But why, why are we in the mess, if you look back over the last X amount of years, particularly the Irish community, if you want to make them an example, or the Latino community? Because I know you're well versed on it. But why do you think we're in the situation that we're in here today? I, I think a lot of it on both sides stems from 9-11, 2001. I, I, think it, I think you can trace the, uh, the anger uh, against immigrants uh, to, to that, uh, rightly or wrongly. And it's not my job to make a judgment on it, but I think I trace that. I think, you, I think you trace the stronger desire for border enforcement to that uh, and, and the backlash to that. Uh, I, I also think it, it, it's, there's just been a political unwillingness to, to, to deal with this. That, that I haven't seen any federal political issue that has been as divisive as this. Uh, and, and, and we can see that today. That the Senate, the House are split down the middle. All the votes are within three or four votes of 50% on each side. Uh, and, and so that, that's how I see the problem. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Cheers. Okay.
Hi, my name's Andrea. I didn't say my name earlier. I have more of a question. Um, will people get, I know they want to do this uh, point system. Will people have credit since if they've been here for 15, 20 years? Is there some sort of credit that would help them? Or why can it be instead based on a point system being based more on like a job application? You present your job application. This is what I can offer the country. Um, I've been here for 20 years, paid taxes for 20 years. Um, bring more to the table demonstrating, you know, all the uh, assets that that person brings to the country instead of a point system. They'd qualify under the Z visa. They'd qualify for legalization, path to legalization. You have to be part of the point system. You don't have to be part of the. So no. what are the years they, they, that? Those are for new people coming in. The for point new people system, coming in. Or people that have played by the rules and been legal the whole time. They have to wait for the point system. So for the unity um, plan that they have now, for example, I'm legal here, but my husband is not. So he qualified under Z. For the Z program. For Z, through you, yeah. Through myself. Yeah. Okay, and would I be able to apply now, yeah. or would it be until the... No, he, would he, he, he would apply um, for the Z non-immigrant visa. Um, if he's here as a, an undocumented status as of January 1st. January 1st, he has to be working. Okay, and not be a criminal, and he'll get work and travel in six months, and then he can, life goes on, and you live and you work and you do your whatever you want to do. You have to make sure that you have to pay the fees, that they're not inadmissible, and all that o other things. So you don't, he wouldn't be any have to do anything with the point system. So he would just basically qualify under the Z. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, Thank just you. Uh, please, Dang, if you forget that lady's name again, if she has a phone number that she can contact because she's got real questions here. It'd be great if, if somebody can aid her in that way. Yes, thanks, yeah, thanks. yes please. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank, Thank you. you for coming this evening. Thank you. Uh, next speaker. Good, e Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Redmond Lines. My name was called earlier, I think. Uh, I traveled to Washington in springtime, you know, to show support for immigration reform. And the one thing that we heard when we were back there is that no matter what happens, this is going to be a compromised bill. Now, sitting in this room here, everybody in San Francisco knows that nothing happens here does not compromise between different people. Nobody leaves this room happy. No matter whether it's building permits, whatever it's to do with, everybody is looking for something else. I think it's very important that this evening we leave here still wanting to get this bill moved forward. I can look at the bill and I can say the, the best thing for p illegals here is the quickest way to get them to be American citizens and that's the best for everybody because then they really be, feel part of America. I waited five years with my green card to become a citizen and the day it was up, I applied for my citizenship. But this is going to be compromised by everybody. I have been watching the debates all week. If you see what senators are trying to put in to derail it, you know, to make sure that all the illegals come, come up with a health insurance before they're granted any sort of legal status. So I do take issue that some people don't think it's a good idea to move forward now. I went to the Irish Centre about two years ago and the thing that moved me was somebody got up and said, you got your green card and what are you doing for the people that are here at the moment? 
You're happy now. You have your life. You're married. You have a business. You have children. We all have to work together for something. San Francisco, all that can be done from here is call our representatives in Washington. There's no point in running down the builders there. We all want different things, and the only way to change anything in that bill is through our representatives in Washington. And that's what you have to do from here, and the Board of Supervisors, and all the advocates that want to do something for the Spanish and for the Chinese and for the Irish. That is the only place it is going to change. And whatever comes from there will be worked on in years to come. If there's parts of it that are seen to be a failure, if there are parts that doesn't work, if the fees are too much, you know, to gain legal status, all that type of thing, there will be amendments to the bill. I think when Bart talked about it, he said it correctly. Nobody knows what it's going to look like by July or August because it's going to be compromised, compromised by everybody. Thank you for having the hearing. Thank you. Um, I like to. Um, I, I would like uh, to thank everyone. But before we dismiss everyone, I'd like to ask our commissioners. Who have, this is not a debate. Our commission is not in session to debate this. Our recommendations of any kind at this point. But I like our commissioners to give their input. Uh, ask everybody else because I know you sat there quietly, and uh, I know that you are dying to say something. So we will time you in the same manner we timed everybody, but I like uh, whoever wants to go first uh, to go first. Hi, yeah. Um, I was concerned. I had a question earlier for uh, one of our participants, uh, Jose Antonio, who was going to be deported uh, Monday, but I think with the help of the expert, I think he left already. And I was going to ask him, um, well, I know how, you know, it must be awful, you know, to, to know that you're going to leave the country, but what plans do you have? Did you have anything in mind? You know, what plans did you have? Were you going to stay here in the country or were you going to just go ahead and, uh, and comply with the law? Actually, I didn't expect this to happen. Uh, didn't, I never expect this to happen, but uh, it's a reality now, and I have no options. It's just uh, two ways to do it. Uh, just leave everything, vanish, 22 years of my life, like just, just like that, because that's the reality, and go back to Mexico. And... Or just stay here as a fugitive and wait for something to happen with the new new uh, new uh, reform that you know hoping in God might come soon. But actually, that's what I am facing, and I'm pretty sure that's not only me. There's a lot of people on my situation. Okay, and also, what do you think you have gained from coming to this hearing tonight? Because, like I said at the beginning, the only right I feel I have right now is just to speak. And by speaking, I'll let you know what's going on on a lot of families that go into my situation. It might, it might help. And just for me, 
walk away and, and go back without saying anything. And would you also help the rest with spreading the word? I mean, in your situation, people who are in your same situation to come f forward to fight, to struggle against this uh, bill? Actually, uh, I do not represent any 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 organization or any 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 uh, political side. Or I just uh, if this situation can help. I'll, I'll, I think I I think I will do something for the children. Well, I think you will succeed. Y, uh, muchas gracias por haber venido esta noche. Gracias a usted. De nada. Uh, who wants to go next of our commissioners? If you need to say something. Want to say something? Well, Commissioner I know, Hill. Uh, but I just what we've heard tonight reaffirms my sense that we have to have a better bill than, than the one that is before us. Uh, even if it's not perfect, it will wreak havoc on too many people's lives. We've not talked about taking a position, but I assume we will at some point be able to state what our criteria are. I think we are above and beyond the politicians. We have a responsibility to listen to the immigrants of San Francisco and to tell the pop politicians what we have heard and what we think is important to do. They may not do it, but at least as far as our role is concerned, it seems to me our responsibility is to make sure that our standards are in the best interests of the immigrants. Anybody else? Um, I just want to say that I um, agree with Vera. It's really a tough decision. And um, I also want to say that, um, that, I, that for me, this was a great experience. It was great to hear everybody, the courage that pre people brought in and, and the split uh, feelings about this whole thing. It's really hard, but it's great that we had this hearing and that we heard people here. I really want to thank everybody for coming and sharing everything and to you guys for, you know, making this happen. Yeah. Okay. Commissioner Lai? Yes, I, I do actually. Uh, well, first I want to thank everybody. I mean, people who were here and people who are still sticking around um, just to come here and speak. And also I want to thank the um, expert attorneys for actually shedding light on some of this. It was very educational for me. And what I realized is that I think um, there's some need also in educating the immigrant communities about actually this bill and the effect that it will have on these. I mean, for me, it was very interesting to know that the labor certificate, which is how I became a citizen by kind of being here, being a student, F1, and then H1B, and then green card and citizen, it's going to totally disappear. The H-1B has got it too. So, yeah, I, so it's, uh, it's very interesting. And myself and my husband and a lot of people around me. So, um, 
So it's, it's just very important. And I know one reason I don't have people from my community, which is the Iranian American here, because a lot of them are under this. A lot of them are engineers, professionals, and uh, you know, would actually have become citizens and are on the path, and that would just be stopped. So I think we need to educate our communities, go back really, educate them and tell them what would be really the effect of this bill both the family and also of all the other things that are in the road, and also work hard in assisting the ones that have, been, have had courage to come here and actually seek help, like, like Antonio, which, which is, you know, his case is, you know, would be in my mind for, for a long while. And I also wanted to thank you for actually putting this up. Thank you. Commissioner McCarthy. I better set my clock here, otherwise I'll go all night here, as you know. <laughs> so in the interest of fairness, I'll control. Um, uh, first of all, I'd like to thank my fellow commissioners for coming here this evening. It's been a long evening. I think we've been talking about being relevant, and I think we were relevant tonight, and we did our part as a commission, and I think I feel very strongly about that, as you know. I'd like to thank uh, certain people like Dang and Tomas Lee, who have been working extremely hard for the last two weeks to put this together, and I'm very impressed. They gave it everything. They feel as passionate about this as we do, and uh, it really showed both on the press, release, the press day and also here tonight. Um, I think, commissioners, you know, I, quite obviously I'm disappointed in what happened here this evening and the vote to come out of Washington. And as I look around the room here this evening and I, and I, you know, I see Redmond there and I see his son, and um, I'm reminded, uh, young Redmond Jr. who sat here for the last eight hours, and thank you for coming, I'm reminded that this is not about green cards, this is not about jobs. It is about green cards. It is about all these things, but it's also about family. And it's also about what I personally believe is what this country is all about, the backbone of this country is all about, and that is the immigrants. As an immigrant, it is our fundamental responsibility to protect them every way we can. Is, the, is what we have right now perfect? No. I'm trying to make an analogy of how big I think this is, particularly for America. And I was talking to a few of my colleagues and they kind of made comments to the civil rights movement. And back in the day when the civil rights movement was going through the, the changes and the upside downs and the turmoils of what's right and what's wrong, it wasn't perfect when it passed. But over time, it corrected itself because the human nature, the American way, is things will correct itself. I'm worried about the roadblocks. I'm concerned about the fact that there's a core of people in America, just like Bart Murphy said, outside this town, who think a lot differently than we do. And I'm worried, I'll cut myself off, I'm worried that these people's voice will be heard over the people that were here tonight. Uh, looking forward, I, in the old Irish way, and in the real immigrant way, is we are not going to lie down here, and I really think we need to continue this fight with more passion and vigor than we ever have. And I thank everybody for coming here this evening, particularly Madam Chair, for getting through this evening and running a great hearing. And I believe we achieved our goal. And I look forward to our next commission meeting where we can discuss and formulate a very productive plan and send the word back up to Washington. Thank you. Um, I also want to thank, pretty much thank the same people, all of you, for being here, for your passion, for your stories. I want to uh, thank Susanna and Judy for being here with us because one of the most important things for me is to ensure that everybody has the right information. Too much wrong information is out in our community.
and we want to ensure that people get the right information. Want to thank our staff, Tomas Lee, Dan Sam, for uh, and Maria Darling, who left uh, our intern, uh, because you've done a tremendous job in bringing our community together. Uh, Lupita Figueiredo from um, Supervisor Sandoval's office, who has put num numerous hours on this effort as well. I want to say, you know, I'm the product of immigration. I was, I came here through family. With my family, I've not been able to be here. I probably would not be here today. And I have a large family in the United States. In fact, uh, I don't consider ever going back to where I came from because I don't have any more family left over there. But anyway, uh, I am a product of that. But one of the things that became very clear for me tonight is that I don't have the answers because I'm not living the lives of undocumented immigrants in this country uh, today. And I cannot say that the bill is right or the bill is wrong. Uh, and that's why we wanted to bring real stories here because I think that the average immigrant, all they want is to be legalized and to be able to have a productive life in this country. All of those other issues that are part of those bills are things that we definitely need to work on, uh, but I am not the, the person to answer those questions or to even think that I can speak on behalf of anyone. And I would want that all of, the, all of you who are so passionate about this bill, that you will be with us in the coming months as we discuss further how we reach a place that works for most of us. I know San Francisco is very different um, and we don't represent the rest of the country. I've known this and I've lived this in this city for so many years. I know that. Um, but I think that maybe we need to figure out how we can, we can um, build bridges with communities within our city and within this country to ensure that we ensure a fair, equitable, safe, and um, just country, not just a city, for all immigrants. And so um, all I want is for you to be at the table and to continue to work with us because this is just the beginning. Uh, you've, you've heard what happened to the bill today, and um, on one hand, you know, it may be wrong, on the other hand, it may be right. Maybe there is something coming up that we can work on. Uh, I hope that the House bill, and I, I was, I'm, I'm hoping the House bill is going to be much better than the Senate. So um, that's all I have to say, and again, thank you so much for sticking uh, throughout the, the end of this. Can I just add one thing yes. to that? There won't be a House bill. If there's no Senate if there's bill, there's no, no Senate bill, there is no House, the House bill. Won't move a bill. So it has to be, pro they, they have to reach some compromise with the Senate bill. Okay, so uh, we'll see what happens then. Okay. Thank you.